And good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio, a Thursday edition of the program. Sorry we were running a second late this morning. A small technical fire we had to put out, but uh, all good. Looks like we are a bit overmodulated. I don't know if that's just because uh, we haven't gotten the... Um the, uh, the the sound that we'll figure that out. We'll figure everything out. I hope. I hope. I pray. I pray we'll figure it out. I know we had a lot of sound issues yesterday. I apologize. Um, that's not the issue, but that's an issue too. That you could hear something coming from my computer. Um, so my my sincere apologies. Apparently, the uh, commercials were almost inaudible yesterday, which you probably don't care about listening at home, but we do because you know those those people pay our our bills so it's important we uh we do better for that and we just had an issue yesterday <sighs> uh, there's a lot of internal stuff we're moving i don't know if i've mentioned that to you guys yet we're moving we're moving to a new studio we're very excited about it but uh, things are kind of a mess in the meantime a lot of makeshift stuff happening as we try to uh, figure out how we do this how this process of moving works and it's not easy because you know, it's not easy. And at some point, I'm going to be telling you, hey, I won't be with you on Monday because we're going to need a little bit of time just totally off. I mentioned that a couple times this summer. In order to finalize this move, there's just no way around it. There are some alternatives that we get. It's just not, it's too much. So there'll be a small amount of time that I'll just simply be off during the course of the summer. And then we'll be back, and we'll be in a new place. And who knows? Maybe we'll even fix some of our problems. Probably not. But you know, a man, a boy can, a, a girl can dream. Can we not? Can we just dream that we'll get all the problems fixed? That would be really swell. So that's what's going on uh, today. We'll talk some sports. Novel concept. Uh, I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Carson's here too. I don't. Carson, lean in. You can lean in and say, "Yeah, hi." There's Carson. Carson today, we're having him learn how to run the board um, in perfect time for us to move and have everything change. But we, we always, when we have interns, we try to get them to, to learn a little bit about everything we do. And so, uh, uh, Carson, you also need to learn how to put out fires. That's important. I, would, I don't know how your fire extinguisher skills are, but I would, uh, I would get them sharpened before you move into a role of capacity like this. So I right? would say right. Oh, 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 I don't know what happened there. Good, good. Probably related to the cord, as I, as I had to guess. Good? We there? Carson, you still there? Nope. No, nope, we're not. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened here. Let me see that. God damn it. Everything was going fine. Everything was just fine. So, let me make sure. Hello. Yeah, that's yeah there we go. We're good. We're good now. Carson is here today. Yes. Good morning. None of this stuff happened. No, that's not true. Actually, we had stuff like this happen all the time. Um, All right. Let's get into it. Orioles lose last night 7-6. Look, it it was a wild night. Adley Rushman hits his first home run. That's very exciting. Ryan Mountcastle hits a couple of home runs. The Orioles overcome another brutal start from Bruce Zimmerman. Save that. We'll discuss it. And... um, they make it interesting. They force extra innings. It's a thriller. This goes back to many of the things we said about the Orioles this season, that they are far more competitive. Even when they're not winning, they are far more competitive than we necessarily expected them to be coming into the year. And those are all pleasant things. And perhaps a reflection on Brandon Hyde and whether or not he should be able to stick around. And, you know, whatever it is that you want to say, all pleasant, 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 pleasant. 
last night what was unpleasant was we finally felt like we kind of got to a breaking point with Bruce Zimmerman. And that's a bummer for a few reasons. The biggest one being that, you know, he's one of ours. His story is better than other stories. Like, if you told me coming into the year, either Bruce Zimmerman could prove himself to be a major league pitcher or Tyler Wells could prove himself to be a major league pitcher, selfishly, I'd root for Bruce Zimmerman because he's one of our own. It's a better story. It's more exciting. It's more meaningful. It's all of those things. That's what you want. And then it was happening. For the first month of the season, we were all convinced Bruce Zimmerman was proving himself to be a major league pitcher. And now the argument is, can you even let him have another start? And I got to be honest with you, I'm I'm in the camp that says probably not. Now the flip side argument that is, okay, well, who's starting instead? And there is no good option. I mean, there just isn't. If you You could... This is where it would have been nice to have a healthy Grayson Rodriguez, right? Like, this would have been an obvious spot. It's probably a bit aggressive to try to do this with D.L. Hall right now. Could you do it for the sake of doing it? Yes. Is it the right thing to do? Probably not. D.L. Hall hasn't dominated that level in a way where it is most, most certain that he needs to be here right now. Do I... You know, one of the things people always talk about is, well, you don't want to have somebody get caught up too early because if they struggle, then it could really set them back for a long time. I've said almost the exact opposite over the years, which is if that's what wrecks you, you probably aren't the guy we think you are. Everybody struggles. If experiencing a little bit of struggles is what wrecks you, I don't know. You might not be the guy. But I still think someone should... I don't think that D.L. Hall's arrival in Baltimore should correlate with Bruce Zimmerman not being good enough. I've said all along, I think these guys should be here when they're ready. When they've checked the developmental boxes that they needed to check. When they accomplished the things the organization wanted to see them accomplish. That's when I think they should be in Baltimore, not because we don't want to watch Bruce Zimmerman pitch again. And I get it. We don't. But I'm not ready to make some sort of dramatic statement and demand D.L. Hall be here simply because Bruce Zimmerman is struggling. Um, let me just... For the sake of it, the numbers. Bruce Zimmerman, of course, again, got off. To, that's the, it's so, it just is so heartbreaking. He got off to a legitimate start, and you really believed that, like, there was something there, and he was going to be a guy, and it just didn't, it just didn't prove to be the case. For April, Bruce Zimmerman, in four starts, 2.33 ERA, 1.29 whip. I mean, the whip, not great, but, you know. Good enough. The results were very good. Then in May, six starts, 5.85 ERA. And obviously through three starts in June, just sort of an unmitigated disaster. 
three starts, 10.8 ERA, 2.07 whip. He's got 31 hits in 15 innings. Not great. Not great. Hey, but for what it's worth, he hasn't walked anybody in June. So he's got that going for him. Look, I hear you. I probably don't need to see Bruce Zimmerman pitch again in five days either. I don't really know that that would end up – I'm I'm in this weird place with the Orioles where unless I think there's definitely a better option, I'm also not really sure how much it hurts. This is the thing that we always have to keep reminding ourselves. It's not about this season. And I get it. You don't just want to keep putting someone else out there who can't do it. I understand that. But you're going to have to sell me on who can when you make that decision. Yeah, because he's at least going like four and two-thirds almost every start. I mean, yeah, yeah he's, some he's, of getting, that he's for- getting completely yeah. killed. Some of that they're forcing. Like not three or four home runs. Um, but, I mean, if he's going to eat innings, that's what you want this season. Yeah, but okay, but he's not really eating yeah. innings. He's, he's, he's getting a few. He's not eating innings. That would not be the right way to describe it. Um, D.L. Hall, his last time out, went four and two-thirds. Gave up um, three runs, only one earned, four hits, three walks. D.L. Hall has not necessarily dominated or overwhelmed at the AAA level. He is pitching to a 4.78 ERA in seven starts this season. 1.329 whip. None of that screams guy who needs to be here in any way. Which doesn't mean he couldn't. And obviously, we all think D.L. Hall is remarkably talented. But none of that says that guy needs to make the start. That guy needs to be there uh, immediately. He's Why are we continuing to let Bruce Zimmerman? D.L. Hall is ready to go. No, that's not the case. Could you just bullpen the next Bruce Zimmerman start if you wanted to? I guess you could. Ultimately, will that end up being Matt Harvey's spot in the rotation at some point? Probably. I know that doesn't get anybody excited at all. Probably makes you quite frustrated. But that's the reality. Matt Harvey's here to pitch. They didn't sign him not have him pitch. They certainly didn't sign him because it was a feel-good story. It could be Zimmerman, Brian Baker, and Harvey Day. Just to, eat, just, saying, to, just to eat a day. Well, I mean, I get through a game. I don't even think they would worry about it. They would. Just, they would just, just say, gonna, "We're just going to know that's a loss." No, when, when Matt Harvey's here, they're just going to say, "Dude, it's your job. You go out, you pitch six innings. If you give up twelve runs, that's that's the end of it. You're here to pitch six innings. That's why Matt Harvey is an Oriole. It is what it is. I can't get too worked up about it because I have to remind myself, as much fun as it is sometimes to watch the Orioles play and as much as I keep using the word pleasant it's still not about the results we're still not there now it might be for Brandon Hyde it might ultimately be that Brandon Hyde's future is dependent upon results and I don't know what that's like internally I don't know what conversations he's having and is he saying you know privately dude I don't want to throw this guy out there another for another start if you're measuring me on what this team does this season and my future is in any way tied to it 
I, I don't want to keep throwing Bruce Zimmerman out there. That's not fair to me. I have no idea what those internal conversations are like. I couldn't possibly tell you. But I do think it matters. Carson, it feels like you really want to say something. You keep going to grab the microphone. I was just I, I thought like I keep thinking Carson's got some amazing thing he's going to drop in. He like I, I and I, I get it. It's difficult when you're holding your microphone instead of having it in front of you. I swear to God, Carson does this. Like ever, I don't know for those of you that are, I don't know if you can see. So Carson will have the microphone down here, and then every now and then, he'll he'll start. <laughs> Like it's it's tough when you got to hold it. Herky it's, jerky motion. It's a whole motion. different ball game when you. And got I don't want to be the guy that like prevents some. If somebody's got something dynamite to say, just an absolutely wonderful tip in to say, hey man, you, you don't realize this. Like I've got this unbelievable statistic. Then I want him to be able to jump in. So I'm I'm like going to pause. I'm seeing his hand come up. Like here we go. Right? I was just gonna say that I okay. think here's, here's Glenn going. All right, so we could do this. And all of a sudden I look over. I'm like. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> Anyway, anyway, I think uh, I think really one of the concerns too with with DL Hall is that the longevity of the starts is I don't think it's what they want to see right now. I don't know that he's really going well, deep into I, ball games the I, way that maybe right, but I don't a know guy that that's ready to when, be called up would be when you're ready to have DL Hall come up. I don't know that the first priority is that he's got to work six seven innings. No. I think the first priority is just that you got to be comfortable with him getting major league hitters out, and whenever he call get comes up. If he works for five innings, he works for five innings. But he's not pitching in a way that suggests that he's ready to come up. Sure thing. He's, he's not. Like, no matter how many innings it is, he's not pitching well enough that you say he needs to be here right now. I, are there other options? Are there other, you know, like, that's, that's the, other, the other question is, could you just send somebody else up for the sake of some, sending somebody else up? And the answer is almost always, yeah, you, you could. Spencer Watkins could come back into the rotation for the sake of Spencer Watkins coming back into the rotation. He didn't get off to a, you know, he had a, he had a couple really good starts at the beginning of the season, including the start against the Angels. Um, that was misleading. It, it, didn't, it didn't stay like that for Spencer Watkins. But if, if you've just gotten to a breaking point with Bruce Zimmerman where you say, it, we can't just keep doing this, could you just do that because it's something different? Sure, sure. Could Denji Reyes end up? I think he pitched last night, if I remember correctly. I don't think he pitched well last night, but I think he pitched last night. Could he end up being the guy? You know, sure. If you just want to do something different, you can just do something different. That's fine. I don't know how much different it's going to be results-wise than what you're getting from Bruce Zimmerman. This is the problem. The pitching ain't there. There's a reason why I keep saying we got to talk about signing pitching this offseason. The pitching ain't there. No matter how badly we want it to be or no matter how badly we're encouraged by other things related to the Orioles, the pitching ain't there. And we hope that Bruce oh, – sorry, not – well, we hope that Bruce Zimmerman's better than this, sure. We hope that Grayson Rodriguez comes back from this injury and is ready to be a major league pitcher next season, a quality major league pitcher next season. We hope that John Means can return to being a quality major league pitcher next season. We hope that D.L. Hall will be more confident as the year goes on, and he, too, could be a quality major league pitcher. But that is a lot of hope and vibes. We're running all on vibes right now. Practically, it, short of Tyler Wells continuing to pitch really well all season long, 
there will not be one pitcher that you can have full confidence in going into the next season as being a legitimate quality major league pitcher. Not one. It's why I harp on it. It's why I'm concerned about the effects of the lawsuit. They have to sign pitching if they want to move you know, into the next phase of this. If they want there to be a better, better chance at competition, it's going to have to come from the outside. They're going to have to sign a pitcher. They don't have a choice. I say they don't have a choice. I guess they have a choice. They can just not do it. And again, they could live on vibes and hope for the best from all three of these dudes next season. And again, maybe Tyler Wells will continue to pitch like this all year long, and all of a sudden at the end of the year, we feel like Tyler Wells is a guy that you can count on. You want to take Bruce Zimmerman out of the rotation? Sure. Take him out of the rotation. To do what? I don't know. But do it for the fun funsies of it. Orioles will wrap up their series with the Blue Jays this afternoon. Three o'clock game. Uh, and an old friend, Kevin Gausman, is on the mound for Toronto facing the aforementioned Tyler Wells for the Orioles as they close out that four-game set before returning back home. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the place to be for Game 6 tonight. And if there's a Game 7 on Sunday night, you're going to want to be there getting your bets in. You're going to want to be there enjoying the delicious food at Sports and Social, the incredible atmosphere for these big games in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. To reserve your spot, you and your friends, maybe uh, colleagues, folks from work, you want to make a night out of it, go win some money. You want to reserve a table. You want to reserve a section of reclining chairs in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Well, email events at sportssocialmd.com for Game 6 tonight, Game 7 on Sunday. Of course, the U.S. Open all weekend as well. Stanley Cup Final Game 2 on Saturday. Whatever it is, you want to come out, enjoy it in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. And speaking of the NBA Finals, they do indeed continue tonight and perhaps will wrap up tonight. Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Back in Boston, Celtics trying to force a Game 7. Warriors trying to close it out. Joining us now to talk more about it, she is a friend of ours, former Coppin State standout, NBA TV, Turner, TNT. You see her all over the place. She's our friend Stephanie Reddy, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Stephanie, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Always good to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us. Good morning. It's my pleasure. How's it going? Everything is going well. Um, I, I, weird night the other night, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I, the, I don't think we can quite put our finger on what is going on? Like, I think there's a lot of people that have wondered if the Celtics were still hung over from kind of the way they blew things in Game Four. If maybe a team without as much experience this deep into the postseason is starting to hit a wall. I don't know what to make of the fact that they just really didn't have any answers, and obviously it was particularly noticeable considering how poorly Steph Curry played that they couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, it's one of those weird things, you know, um, when you're at this point in the season where you're down to the finals and it's the last two teams, um, unless a sweep happens, you pretty much expect, at least I do, that there's going to be a lot of seesawing, right? There's going to be a lot of back and forth. Um, of course, I think home court does matter. 
And I think experience matters. I think the Celtics have done an extraordinary job galvanizing their group, all getting on the same page with head coach Ime Yudoka. He's done a terrific job of coaching this team, having them prepared, strategizing. But experience does matter. You know, I mean, the Warriors, at least their core group, Stephen Curry, Clay, Draymond, Coach Kerr, they know what it takes to win a championship. It's almost like, like both of my kids play softball and baseball. They're younger. And they're learning now how to push themselves beyond where they thought they could. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I remember the first time I threw up when I was running. <laughs> okay. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm done. I'm sick. Right? <laughs> right. I, was, I think okay. I was a freshman in high school or sophomore in high school. And I remember vividly this day because I tell this story to my kids all the time. Uh, ironically, Stephanie, this is, what, this is what happens to me every time I run, for the record. Just... <laughs> so sorry to hear that. Yeah. It's not great. Not a deal. I throw up in the trash can. I think I'm done for the day, right? Because now I'm sick. Oh, coach, I'm sick. I've run too much. And then coach was like, uh, get on the line. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I threw up. So now the hard part's over. I got sick right, already. Right. And then I hated to get back on the line. But I did more sprints. And I, I finally understood, like, oh, wow. Like, my body is a machine. It will go further than I thought it could. My point in telling this long roundabout story <laughs> is that the Warriors know what it takes. They know how to push themselves more than they thought was even possible. And the Celtics are still learning that, right? It's, it's a process. I, I hear you. I guess the weird part would be the guy that's coming through, you know, certainly in game five for the Warriors was the guy that doesn't have any experience, I know. right? I know. <laughs> I know, but he's with the group. Yeah, right? yeah. They're yeah. like – teaching him yep. what it takes. And I think he even talked about that, right? Like being around them, he's learned what it takes. And Coach Kerr, he's the captain of the ship. You know, he knows what to do. He knows what levers to pull. We've seen this throughout the series, right? Who comes in and who comes out, when, how he's doing it. Draymond's not playing great, so I'm going to take him out. But I know for sure I need him now, so let's put him back in. Like, no problem. No pouting faces on the sideline nobody's complaining because they all just want to win and, and believe me i'm not saying boston doesn't want to win I, right. I, I think right. that they are an awesome team i just think that sometimes not every single time but i think sometimes experience really does it becomes the determining factor she is stephanie reddy from nba tv tnt she's with us here on glenn clark radio as we're previewing game six so how do you explain the Wiggins thing? Like, is it just that he's been able to take advantage of the fact that there is so much that you have to pay attention to with the Warriors, so there's an opening there for him? Is he truly a different player than than what we saw in a guy that so many people were ready to label a bust after as being a, a, for, a former number one pick? Yeah, I think I think part of it is the attention that's required when you play the Golden State Warriors because they have so many weapons. It's almost like what we see with Poole, too. Um, they have so many weapons. Your defense has got to pick and choose what you will allow to happen. Um, so I think he certainly benefits from that, but I think he's just a hell of a player. I mean, we forget he was an all-star this year. Um, he's always been really, really talented, but people just weren't sure – if he was, you know, here's a list. Was he tough enough? Did he have enough heart? Did he work hard? Did he want it? All those things, right? Well, he's checking all those boxes now. And I think it's not just, yes, there's a lot of weapons. It is, I am a really good player. And because I have been in this system with this team for this season, I know how to exploit that. 
because just because people are paying attention to others doesn't mean you're going to score. I mean, look at Draymond Green. He's right. not going to score a ton, right? Um, I think he's just evolved into a really strong player. And I will say this, and this is across all sports and across all genres and industries, confidence matters. I don't care how talented you are, how intelligent you are. If you lack in self-confidence, you will not perform your best, period. And I think they have boosted him up this season. And so his confidence is at an all-time high. So all of those things are just falling in line for Wiggins this season. It's just it's so inexplicable for a guy that hadn't had more than eleven rebounds in a game to go sixteen thirteen the last you know, like it's right. just like how do you possibly explain him suddenly becoming this guy? And that's where like the the like the, all of a sudden you look around and say, Well, if they're gonna do all this, like there is that opportunity. There's this chance mm-hmm. for me to to win it. He's the guy that's never won a championship, right? right? Like exactly. to suddenly He's hungry. Yeah. And it, it just very much comes off as like this is my moment, I just have to go assert myself. It's it's mm-hmm. there for the taking. Um, and it's I a, love it. It's really remarkable. There's no doubt about it. Um, it is. is there any world, if the the Warriors win tonight, Steph Curry's still the MVP, right? Like, even... I, I don't think it's it's reasonable to even think of a world where he struggles like he did in Game 5 because we've, you know, never seen that before right. from Steph Curry, right? <laughs> right? But, my God, he was so overwhelmingly good through those first four games that... He's got to be the MVP no matter what, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I fully believe that. And here's the other thing. Um, it's voted on, and I think that no matter how much we try to be unbiased and purely objective and not subjective, we are all still human. So there is a human element to the voting process. Uh, I had a vote for all of the postseason awards, and i got to tell you, that might have been the hardest part of it. Is It was a tight race with so many situations, you have to really take out your personal opinion of these people, right? Because, because that's not really fair. Right. Um, but it happens. And so now when you're talking about the MVP, not only is Stephen Curry easy to love and root for, let's not forget the time where people thought he should have won the finals MVP mm-hmm. and he did not get it. So I think there is no question in my mind he's going to get it if they win it this year. I, I, I think that... I mean, it's not even to me. It wouldn't. It would make sense if it was sort of like a career achievement thing. Like, hey, man, we got to make sure we get you one. But my <laughs> God, they're not in this series. They don't have a chance. Right. Without totally. the un- unbelievable greatness of Stephen Curry, I-, I just, I don't even think it's about like all the. I think it's. I just think he deserves it. That's the way that it goes because they're. They could have been. They could have been swept. Like, they could have been yes. in the first yes. four games had it not been yes. for how great Stephen Curry was. So what's the, ro- totally what's the roadmap for Boston, right? Like, what is the roadmap for the Celtics to be able to get through this tonight and force a Game 7 on Sunday, Steph? They have got to get back to basic fundamental basketball. And by that, I mean moving the ball around, making the Warriors work harder on defense, because the Celtics are bigger. I mean, that's been their advantage this entire playoff series. That's all you heard their opponents talking about every single round was how big and long and athletic this team was, and that's why it was so difficult to score against them. Well, they have to use that same advantage on the offensive end, too. So you do that not by creating isolations, but by moving the ball around. So I think if they can get back to their basics, the fundamentals of the game, 
that's their easiest path. And, and that's the easiest way to play basketball anyway, because you're exerting less energy on the offensive end and you have it to play tougher defense. And that's where they also excel. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt, and I like. I guess the question becomes: Is there another level still for Jason Tatum? Right, like that he he did not he he just sort of looked like he was done the other night, and yeah. and I kept thinking that at some point during the course of the series, there was still a Jason Tatum. St- he was so good and such a burgeoning superstar, but I, you just haven't. It's not as if he's played poorly in these games, we just haven't seen sort of that next level from Jason Tatum that we had seen earlier in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played great. Right. And I think that's what we've come to expect from him. Um, it's a tricky one because you don't want him to, to be in a situation where he's trying to force it because then that's, in my opinion, a recipe for disaster. Then mm-hmm. you're getting back to the isolations and that's not going to help them. But you do want him to be assertive. Right. Um, and maybe you stress to him to be assertive and aggressive on the defensive end, forcing turnovers, getting rebounds, getting deflections, making the offense easier so that that becomes just a natural flow. You know, I mean, I think he has it in him. I don't think he's hit a wall. I think it's just he's going to have to regroup. And I, I do think we will see the great Jason Tatum. I mean, let's face it. It's now or never like this. <laughs> This yep. is it. Yep. This is what we played for. This is what we worked for, right? If you're in that locker room, this is it. Everything's on the table. You can't leave anything. So I'm pretty certain we'll see the great Jason Tatum show up. You have uh, you have any sort of I mean like I I keep saying I'm not I can't write off the Celtics, right? Like I again as as bad as it's been for the last five for the most of the last five quarters, other than that little burst there in the third quarter of game five, for as bad as it's been They've they've answered the bell too many times yeah. for me to think that they don't at least have it in them that they're going to roll over tonight. I, I can't fathom that. If the Warriors win, the Warriors probably win because they play unbelievably well and magical Steph Curry. I just can't fathom <laughs> the Celtics not answering the bell tonight. I agree. I agree, especially because they they understand and they, they've understood this really for the last several months, even a couple of months leading into the playoffs that defense was how they were going to win. Yep. So I totally agree with you. I think you're going to see a rejuvenated Celtics defensive effort tonight. I think they are going to – I mean, they obviously the Warriors are really good offensively, but I think you're going to see Boston step it up. They, they understand what's at stake. They understand how much they've put into this. And if defense has been your calling card this entire season into the playoffs and that's what's really gotten you to advance, I think we're going to see that happen tonight. At Stephanie Reddy on Twitter, as always, is how you follow her. Stephanie, is there anything I can plug for you where people might be seeing you? Anything like that? No, we've got, um, for NBA TV, we have been doing this series called NBA Finals Film Room where we break down the previous night finals game with coaches. Um, so I will be doing that tomorrow Excellent. for tonight's game. So that'll Excellent. be on NBA TV tomorrow night. Awesome. Very good. Stephanie, um, I, it, I'm imagining it's probably it for as you've, you've always been so good with us over the years. I love how much you care about this town and uh, your time here. So always appreciate you every basketball season taking time for us. May you enjoy a little bit of off season. May you enjoy, you know, you and your kids. <laughs> Maybe maybe like letting it wind down even slightly, even if just for a couple of weeks before the grind picks back up. Thank you for taking right. the time for us. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure.
Stephanie Reddy from uh, TNT NBA TV checking in with us here on GCR again ahead of Game Six tonight, nine o'clock in Boston between the Warriors and the Celtics. Apparently, it's quite the day for the folks in Boston because the U.S. Open is underway right now at Brookline, and then the Red Sox play this afternoon and the Celtics play tonight. And there's a lot made about folks trying to pull off all three, do like the trifecta of uh, Boston events today. I don't much like Boston, so I don't. There's that. There is that. Uh, we're hoping it's a very special day here in Baltimore. Uh, tonight, 5 o'clock, we will find out. It's when the show airs. I don't know when during the hour we'll officially get the announcement. But uh, we will find out definitively whether or not Baltimore will be a host city for the 2026 World Cup. We will get that definitive announcement tonight. I know there's a public event at Abbey Burger um, that the host committee is sponsoring. I think they might have something else that they're doing tonight. I don't know if that's something we can talk. There's just a lot going on. It's a very exciting day and could be truly, as I, I don't know, Baltimore, of course, has hosted the World Series by virtue of being in the World Series. It's been a very long time. There have been other, you know, the, the Preakness is a major, major event every year. It's one of the most significant sporting events on the calendar every year. But this is just another level. This is unlike anything that we've ever seen in this city. So this is a really significant day if it works out that way. And look, I don't. I mean, I think it's a very good chance because they want one like in the yeah, Washington area. Well, and FedEx Field well, is well, no, no, no. I mean, that's so. So this is where Griffin always. Went. There is no option that if Washington and Baltimore have the same bid, it's the same bid. If they select Washington, they're selecting Baltimore. If they're okay. selecting Baltimore, they're selecting Washington. There will be no games in Washington. Washington gave that up because they realized nobody was going to put a World Cup match at FedEx Field. It's a, it's a joke. So Washington's bid is essentially you guys get the games, we'll put a big watch party out on the National Mall. We'll, we'll host these other sort of shoulder events where you guys get the actual matches, which I would say best-case scenario. Personally, for me, I don't, I'm never going to be the guy that goes and stands in a park and watches. It's just I'm too old for that. When I was a younger man, I was, I was, it sounded great, right? I think, believe in, in trying to establish Baltimore as a World Cup city once upon a time. I'm trying to remember which, which year this would have been. I guess this probably would have been 2010. Um, there was a public viewing event at the harbor for the final of the World Cup. And there was a lot made about, hey, come out, show. We're trying to establish Baltimore as a World Cup city. Come out and support it. Support it. And I was 27 at the time. So I'm like, all right, I'll do that. Like, I'll come out. I think, in fact, we did one in Towson that year for one of the U.S. matches. We're trying to make big watch party events. I'm about to, I'm, in 2026, I'm going to be 43. There is no chance that I will be gathering in a park when I could simply watch the match at home. That's just not going to occur for me. But I'll go. I've already said, I will spend, ex whatever I just spent on Paul McCartney, I'll definitely end up spending the exact same thing to be able to experience the World Cup in my hometown. That is overwhelming. 
will it be a U.S. match? You know, that that would be maybe an upset at this point if it would work out that way. But, God, it would be unbelievable, right? It would just be so bloody cool. Um, I would be excited about Italy, but <laughs> Italy doesn't make the World Cup anymore. Just a weird bit that the Italians started doing where they were like, World Cup? What is that? We're Euro guys over here. Which is lovely, too. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice tournament to win, but I, I would... Not that I'm an expert. I would probably try to mix in winning the World Cup or at least, you know, qualifying for the World Cup every now and then. That would be a swell thing to do. Um, Whatever it'll end up being, we're going to get the announcement tonight. And if the Baltimore-Washington bid is selected, it kind of immediately becomes the biggest event ever in the history of our city. I mean, even if it's like a Cameroon-Chile match. And by the way, we won't know because we don't, they can't announce tonight who's playing in the match because there isn't nobody's qualified for the 2026 World Cup yet. So we won't find that part of it out for some time. It, it won't be until like 2025, likely, when we even have a feel for who it might be. The only thing we could... I, I, I imagine they'll announce tonight who's hosting knockout round. I mean, they'll almost certainly announce who's hosting the final I assume they'll announce who's hosting knockout round matches. So, like, learning that would be a big deal. If Baltimore were to get a knockout round match, that would be a really big deal. And I'm, I'm saying I assume. I actually don't know that. It would, make, it would make sense to me if they at least announce final semifinals, um, hosting locations. I don't know why you wouldn't just go ahead and not announce who's hosting all the knockout round matches, but maybe they don't do that. Believe it or not, we've never been in this spot before, so I don't have a lot of precedent to fall back on in knowing how this thing goes, this show tonight. We'll talk more about it uh, when we get to Totally Tubular, but we will find out 5 o'clock tonight uh, or in the 5 o'clock hour whether or not Baltimore will host matches in the 2026 World Cup. And the other thing, too, that I don't know if everybody knows about is the impact. It's not just the matches, and clearly that has a huge impact and an economic boost from people coming in. The best part is that the infrastructure is already in place. And this is the thing that people complain about, like, hey, it's, it's not actually a boon to be the host of, like, the Olympics because you have to build all of this infrastructure and there's nothing else to use it for. And so we've seen the scenes of other Olympic host cities and these stadiums becoming decrepit and eyesores and, and, and huge economic losses for these cities. The infrastructure is all here. There's the stadium, and then the training facilities, and essentially the training facilities are all the local colleges. The local colleges are all involved with this, and it's all very beneficial for them too. That they step up and say whether it's you know Towson or UMBC or Loyola or Stevenson or Johns Hopkins or you know more whoever it is, Navy, Maryland, they all step up and they say you know yeah you can come train here, and the infrastructure is in place. You don't need to build anything. I mean, there might be little things they do in order to, to try to spruce up the heart, and that would be nice. I think we would all agree <laughs> that we'd like that. Sprucing up is a good thing. Um, we're all in favor of that, but the infrastructure is all in place. It's a, it's a, oh, boy, it would be just a wonderful, wonderful day for our city if we get that good news. Yeah, this is billions with a B in terms of viewers for this. This this is a huge event. Well, the, the event as a whole is billions. Not every match gets well, yeah, billions but as of a, viewers. But as compared to like other 
big sporting events, the World Series and such. Maybe the Super Bowl tops it, but this is one of the well, premier the, again, sporting events. Again, the World events Cup as a whole, yes, world. and the World Cup final or whatever you want to say. I don't know that if it ends up being Azerbaijan taking on, you know, Costa Rica. Yeah, that might that not be necessarily that's, that's the not, most. But <laughs> still, but still. Yeah, the concept is fantastic. And the economic us. benefit of hosting any World Cup match sure. is overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. Tourism dollars. This is hope for good news. That's all. Hope for good news. All right. Today's show also brought to you by uh, Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which is back tonight. Stan and Gary will chat with our friend Drew Forrester as they'll be talking U.S. Open this evening and live golf and all that sort of stuff. You'll be able to watch it live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can find it tomorrow face, uh, at pressboxonline.com slash video or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. And if you missed it earlier in the week, a neat conversation with Jeff Idelson and Gene Fruth that uh, Stan and Ross Grimsley were able to have. We come back in. Um, we got to, you know, I have, boy, I haven't even, I never even previewed the show. I just realized that Neil Acton's going to join us. Neil Acton is an amazing story. The NHL's Willie O'Ree Community Award winner. If you're not familiar with the story of the Baltimore Banners, and what Neil Acton has done in our city to try to give opportunities to young folks to do something positive athletically, it's really remarkable. And it figured we figured it was fitting timing with the Stanley Cup final underway to reach out and chat with him about being the Willie O'Ree Community Award winner. So we'll talk to Neil Acton here in a bit. Uh, we got to do Young Utes today, see what uh, Carson has in store for us. That's all coming up here on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Inside, tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Coach Lou Eckerl with stories from the players who these coaches have impacted most over the years. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip, that first bite, mm. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show um, you know what? Actually, hang on. I save that thought quickly. U.S. Open update. Colin Morikawa tied for the lead very early on. Not even everybody has teed off yet. But Colin Morikawa three under, along with um, Matthew Nesmith or Naismith. And yes, I totally know who that is. Definitely somebody I'm familiar with. Roy McIlroy just a shot back among a few golfers at two under again. Very early on at the U.S. Open. That's what's going on there. So, yeah, Orioles wrap up. Busy day. U.S. Open, Orioles wrap up their series, uh, the World Cup announcement, and then it kind of all times out to be quite, quite – although there's that, like, danger of the Orioles, like, being locked up in a really exciting game at 5 o'clock when the World Cup announcement starts. I guess there's a bit of a danger of that. But for the most part, it's spread out pretty nicely. You can watch some of the U.S. Open – and then the Orioles at three. The solution is just more screens. Just, yeah, just, I mean that's that's the way. Like that's the way you got to live. hundred percent, you got to live that. Like somebody, I, I said that to somebody recently. I'm like, I couldn't tell you when the last time I watched something with my undivided attention was. <laughs> I have no clue when that would be. I, it's just not an option. That's not the way things go. Um, all right, why don't we do Young Utes now? Uh, by the way, the boys tell me I accidentally said Neil Acton. Of course, I do know it's Noel Acton. I promise. I have no idea if I did that. I wholeheartedly apologize. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what they allege. They're throwing around allegations here. I promise you I know it's Noel Acton, and I apologize if I did say Neil Acton. I would say check the tape, but the only chance of that is Brian Powell, and I don't even know if he's listening this morning, so whatever. Noel Acton is going to join us here in like uh, 11 minutes. In the meantime... Struggle. It struggled to the finish. Uh, Carson, why don't you come over? You, you can come over for this. For all this right, segment, right. come over to the other, and we can get you on the screen. We'll put you up on the put up the three shot on uh, the computer. Time for Young Utes. Young Utes brought to you today. Ooh, bye. How about by Glory Days Grill? 
Glory wings, glory burgers, glory ribs, glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Summer seasonal menu coming soon, but in the meantime, always great daily specials, nachos, burger on Monday. There's so much happening at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. So, Carson, what are the young Utes talking about? What's first on the list? All right, let's do this. So, first thing up, uh, the Amarillo Zoo in Amarillo, Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure it's like a relatively big zoo, and they've got this security camera footage that a lot of people have been seeing, and there is this, like, basically this wolf-looking, like, it basically looks like a wolf walking on two legs, and it can be seen on the cameras multiple times, and it walks, like, right past the fences, like, close to where they keep the animals and a lot of people are trying to figure out it's a chupacabra what it is and if it's a new animal that we haven't seen yet or if it's like a guy in a suit or what it is it's like four feet tall right yeah this is what it looks and it looks I, like a I've person with it. a wolf's head i've seen <laughs> it it's definitely i get it i get why it is that we are so interested in this thing i completely understand it grabbed it. my attention for sure um it, I don't have an answer. Oh, I don't either. Because, again, the, you want to come up with the, hey, everybody thinks it's this, but this is what it obviously is. Um, for those of you that – I don't even know if this will – Yeah. I have no idea if this will work. I don't know if anybody can see that or not. Why is there it's a crazy hippo? looking, though. What? Why is there a hippo yeah, in next there? Next door? I have no idea whether <laughs> they've juxtaposed it with a picture of a hippo. <laughs> I think that's, that's – I think it maybe it was by the hippos, oh. and that's why they – I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's – it's. It seems like a cartoon character. Like it seems it really like does. an animal that's come to life. That definitely. Yeah, there, you, there you, we go. I can. You can. I could barely see that here. <laughs> um, it. It looks like a cartoon character walking around. Like it's like the Tasmanian devil, though a little bit taller than the Tasmanian devil. I'm trying to think of who it looks. It looks like Wiley e. Coyote or something. Yeah. Like you know, it, like something like that, is what it looks like. And I don't know enough about. I'm sure there's somebody who's an expert who's like, dude, you guys are all stupid. This is what a whatever looks like when it's standing up. Or, you know, this could be nothing more than somebody playing a prank and left out a, a cardboard cutout of something, right? Like, I'm sure there's an explanation that's... I am not someone who believes in, like... You know, the like, when somebody says, oh, the government's confirmed UFOs. Well, like... They're just confirming seeing something. Now, they're not confirming that it's an alien. Like, I'm not someone who believes in extraordinary conspiracy theories, but I've seen the picture, and I promise you I am as confused as you are. It, you know what it really looks like? It looks like, like a raccoon head. Like, when you see just the face, it looks very raccoonish. The rest of the body on like a person's body. It looks like a small person wearing a raccoon mask. Looks like a raccoon with like a mullet, though. <laughs> yeah, it does have something going <laughs> like back some down that. Party but in like the back just the going face alone, the face alone comes off very raccoonish. Yes, definitely. I don't have an answer. I, I don't, don't have an Maybe answer. Maybe they'll figure it out. I think they've seen it more than once. Did you so. include the uh, elephant in Young Utes this week? It's all the internet's been talking about all week not, long. I did not include the, the elephant. You, you know what it is, right? You know what the elephant is. Right, the elephant Perfect. that that killed a woman in India and then went back and trampled on oh, her oh, body yes, at the yes. funeral. Uh, well, see, it's all the internet is talking I didn't about know this if, week. I, I thought it was kind of. It's not cheeky. I thought it was kind of. It's definitely not cheeky. It's kind of dark. It's very dark, but it's all the internet is talking about is what the how petty is this elephant? Someone <laughs> someone tweeted a picture of like 
the elephant going on the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Right, and, like, and, and Oprah says, "So why did you show up to the funeral?" Right, one hundred percent. I mean, like that's all the internet is talking about this week is the stupid elephant. All right, number two. So number two, so there's these two guys, and they are like archaeologists, treasure hunters kind of people, and um, there was this gold deposit that supposedly around the Civil War, a bunch of gold had been left in this one place, and it's in Is this what the young Utes are talking about? They're talking about gold well, deposits? no, because, well... This is not, supposed not to be gold, a reflection of gold, what young people just, are... Just wait. It's a, right. It turns into a government conspiracy. That, and, is and that you, what young people are into? I, yes. Conspiracies. Conspiracies? Do young people love conspiracies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So these two guys went up there to try and find this alleged spot, and uh, the FBI had been and the government had been looking at this place and digging on it not too long ago, and they found nothing. But there's no record of the government finding anything. But it was empty and dug through. So they went to the government and said, "Hey, what's going on with this?" They said, "Oh, I can tell you exactly what's went on. We can actually." get you video documentation. We have 17 recordings of what's going on. 17 files. They said, okay, great. Show it to us. Boom. The next day, they come back and say, yeah, it's changed now. We only have four. I, I need to know. You need to tell me how I can find this story somewhere. Well, this, I can text this, you right this now. This sounds like some nonsense. This just sounds And now sounds these two like guys are making a whole bunch of noise alleging that the government is covering this, this up. This sounds like right pure poppycock. Well, that's what the young youths are into. I, well, spec- I, I think it's a certain ahead, type spe- of young youth that is into this. conspiracies, all that kind I of stuff. I think a certain type of young youth. Yeah, I'm sure the young youths are going to NPR to get their news. I'm sure that's the thing that's occurring. Treasure hunters allege the FBI made off with Civil War era gold and covered it up. I... I I can't imagine spending five seconds thinking about this. So, so they did. They've done far worse things, I promise you. I can't imagine being at all concerned about this whatsoever. The young Utes, who are the young Utes that care about this? I don't know. Carson does, I guess. I, Carson, I, personally, I, I, I did this is not what hear I think about this. Is. I haven't heard about I this. Think, I found it pretty interesting. I think this is interesting to Carson, and so he's trying to put it over. I don't think this is broadly something... <laughs> That young people are getting together, like when they hang out and have a house party tonight. Do they still? Or is that a still thing? Like it's people, a slow news week. It was a slow is news that what week. it is? <laughs> I think Justin Bieber can't feel his face any longer. Like I feel, I feel like the young youths care about something. That was a little outdated, though. That was more last week. Oh, was it? I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a young youth, so I can't speak to it. I just don't sense that this is something that people are all that worked up. Why do you care about this? I don't. To be honest, I really don't. Then I just. What thought, is this? People are talking about it. I thought it was Who interesting. It's a, it's a it. government conspiracy. So that's like a big attention grab nowadays. Uh, you know how many headlines have that in there and trying to grab people's attention? I'm just searching for the name. Uh, people talking about this appear to be all very old people. These do not appear to be young people that are all that into these these the Dennis and Kem Parada trying to figure out whether or not the FBI It's also slightly local. Pennsylvania's like like this probably <laughs> happened somewhere within two hours. It's local. Also, who uh, who gets the rights to this? I have no idea. I guess the government. I, I guess, that, but that would be my <laughs> point, right? Yeah, like, also, also doesn't make much sense that oh, like, we found gold. It's ours. Yeah. Like, well, no, but like, who whose would it be? Like, is it the if it is it the government's job to track down the lineage of whoever the gold belonged to from the Civil War? Or is it just the finders keepers? We got to put it up in a museum, right? That's I don't. The, I don't. I just don't know. The, I don't know how this. I works. wonder if it was Moral. anyone's property. Is it? Any, if it's anyone's. Property, maybe it's theirs. 
apparently this group calls themselves Finders Keepers. It's a uh, treasure hunting company. It's got to be the cheesiest name. I think, I think. Carson. I, I think Carson wants to join this group. <laughs> I, I guess the the controversy is they believe they led the government oh. to finding the gold, and so I guess so they yeah, Finders Keepers. They yeah. they, they, they are literally yeah. called Finders Keepers. They want maybe they want their part. They want their. I just don't. Here's here's this is the problem. You can talk about it being conspiracy. How do we want this solved, Carson? Is there a solution? <laughs> like, is there? But a, that would be why I don't think this is all that interesting. I guess for them to release the tapes. Like, I guess we want to see because I think they're really alleging that they just pocketed the gold. Like the like the agents themselves that were dead oh, just pocketed the gold oh, and left. Okay, <laughs> like, that's a little messed up. No. I guess, but I, it's not like again they've done. I, I know this is going to be hard to believe. The government has done far more messed up things. Well, sure. Did you hear the Baltimore Gun Trace Task Force? Did you hear them? Well, yeah. way more wet, messed up. Have stolen actual. Pro- I just don't know that this is anybody's property that they stole. I don't know how the. This is a possession is nine tenths of the law type of situation to me. Who owns the? I get to go fishing, right? And if I go fishing, whatever I catch is my fish. It's yours, yeah. But they're not my fish. I don't own the fish. They're, they don't belong to Glenn. Yeah, they just how does this you. work? Who get, if I go somewhere today to a park and I dig up some buried treasure, is it just mine? Do I get to keep it? We all know that if we find somebody's wallet in a park and just decide we're going to keep it, we're stealing. We understand that stealing because the wallet, the person whose wallet it is, we know their name is right there. But I don't know how this works if you dig up some treasure. I don't know who it belongs to. I have no idea whether I should be mad about this or not. You know what? It's mine. I get it. I'm, you know what? You've changed my mind, Carson. I want the gold. You want the gold? Hell with you, FBI. It belongs to me. Finders keepers. Yeah. If you're listening. Get it to me. It's mine. I this don't understand. Guy. Uh, Brian Powell says, by the way, I heard this on XM. Uh, oh, sorry. Never mind. He's talking about something else. We'll deal with that later. Uh, next, number right, three. Third thing. Another story about Pennsylvania. Two people fell into a vat of chocolate over the weekend. At the uh, Mars Wrigley plant, where they make the chocolate oh, I bars heard and about the gum, this. I heard about so this. So I'm. They call themselves freelancers, but apparently they were going around the factory, and uh, they had to cut a hole in the bottom of the tank to get them out. And they pretty much they fell like into so, a vat of chocolate. So they're they're. It's easy to say something like, "Well, if I'm going to fall into a vat, I want to fall into a vat of chocolate." This sure. had to be terrifying. Oh man. sure, because it's liquid chocolate. Yeah. Like it's well, it, yeah yeah. It, I mean, it's like, probably not. It's probably a little. Hot? You probably get hot in there. Oh, I. It's hot in the factory I, to begin with. I think you're quite fortunate that there, there Alive. wasn't a more tragic end. Yeah. To all of this, like I think it's very fortunate that there wasn't a greater tragedy involved with this. Now, in the end, again, if you're going to have this happen to you, you'd prefer it to be in in a chocolate vat. Then, although ironically, I don't. I'm not a chocolate. I do not care for chocolate really? at all. Like no chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake, no, chocolate Well, bars. it's got to be chocolate combined with something. Chocolate by itself. This is a conversation that adults aren't prepared to have. Chocolate by itself is for, for kindergartners. Chocolate cake is not good. It's, I'm not it's, a chocolate it's cake It's decadent guy. nothingness. There's, there's no the, – the flavor profile is not, is not a good flavor profile. It's, it's for children. It's for people who just want something super – give me something very sweet immediately. Sweet, 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 sweet immediately. That's what chocolate is for. When you combine chocolate with peanut butter, the way the fine folks at Hershey's did to create Reese's Cups, you come up with something. Now that you're actually, on. To, now you're on. To it, it has some value. Now I don't eat that any longer. It's out of my life. But trust me, in my in my day, I put down about a billion <laughs> Reese's Cups. I just had one yesterday. Reese's, Delicious. The chocolate peanut butter combination, perfection. 
Chocolate by itself, garbage. Garbage. Offers nothing to the world. Offers zero, zero redeemable quality about chocolate by itself. I would be, this would be pure hell for me. I, in this situation, would have wished for the sweet escape of death at that point. I would have said, I don't, I'm not another second in this chocolate vat. I also want to know why there's these big open vats of chocolate that you can just fall in. I mean, I don't really know how factor. I mean, it might be that that's the only way that you go about doing this. I'm not really sure. But yes, they should probably reconsider. The fact that you can just fall yes. into a big vat of chocolate, I, that's a little concern. Uh, you hear stories about other tragic, like, uh, factory accidents. And you're like, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm like, I, I hope I never... I'm glad I've never had to work in those situations. Yeah. That's that's not an okay. It's a lot of hot water and high pressure pipes. When you hear the words "cooked to death," you think to yourself, "That's it. That's the worst. The absolute worst. That is." I don't even know how we wash our hands of this. I don't know how we move on from this <laughs> subject. <laughs> yeah, All we, right, we, we're taking a turn. O- other other than I'm still convinced that none of the young youths actually care about a couple. Of, I think I think these. I don't think you 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 gave me young youth stories. I think you just gave me stories that were trending or. People were talking about on the internet. I wanted to be things. I it was a young, slow week for the. I, right. It was a slow week right. for for the right. young youths. Right. Thank news. you, thank you, Carson. Yes, thank you, Glenn. That's young youths for the week uh, from our friend Carson. Uh, we're into hour number two of the program today's show. Also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. So the uh, Stanley Cup final is underway with uh, Colorado winning a thriller last night in overtime, 4-3 over Tampa. Burakovsky, I was settled in. I was ready for like a like a three overtime, uh, uh, being there all night, and it took about all of 80 seconds to get a winner in game one. Um, but with that going on, I wanted to just take a couple of minutes to talk about a really wonderful local story and someone who I think is truly remarkable, so much so that this person was honored this year with the NHL's Willie O'Ree Community Award. Um, and he has done so many incredible things for young people in our community to get them plugged in athletically. You've probably heard about the Baltimore Banners, but there's so much more to know about Noel Acton, who joins us now here on GCR. Noel, it's Glenn. It's so great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Congratulations on the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. Well, thank you very much, Glenn. I really appreciate that. Um, and love being on the show and being able to talk about all the things we've done with these guys and are continuing to do with these guys. Noel, let's, let's, let's go back. Before we get to the banners, just tell me your background with, with hockey and wanting – how Tender Bridge came about, how you became someone that wanted to make hockey a more of a part of the community for young people. Well, here's the thing. Hockey ha- happened by accident. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I had done some pond skating as a kid, and, but never really got into hockey as a game. Uh, but I, I went to... Uh, ended up with a friend who... Had a had a son who was playing hockey at the Patterson Patterson Stars down uh, the ice rink at Patterson Park, and um, he ended up taking his 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 son and a couple other kids there, and there were eight kids that wanted to go also and watch. So I picked them up and we took them out to watch, and of course they all said, "Can we play?" So Ed and I signed them all up, and we ended up with a whole, like 12 kids playing ice hockey that year. 
And these were all inner city kids from East Baltimore, uh, and almost all of them from one block. And uh, having picked them up on that block, I knew what their home situation was. So I would take them out to Fort McHenry, Inner Harbor, Railroad Museum, just do something after hockey. And it just went from there to hockey was over. They wanted to play baseball. Then they wanted to play football. And then back to hockey. So it became a year-round cycle where I was involved with the same kids year-round. And as time went on, we got more and more coaches, mentors joining us. And the sticking with that year-round thing is important for the kids. When they, you know, kids will growing up will, you know, connect with the coach, and then the season's over and the coach is gone. Mm. Mm. They'll connect with a teacher, and then next year they've got a new teacher. And we've been working with some of our kids. Some of our kids that are now like twelve. We've worked with them for like 10, 12 years. Wow. So, and the, the other essential part of our program is these kids feel safe playing hockey with us. They feel comfortable work, you know, because they know the other kids. They've grown to become a family. And a lot of these kids were missing that family feeling in, in their home situations. Noel Acton, uh, sorry, yeah. no, I didn't mean to, I mean to step on you there. It's, I, um, <laughs> well, I will go on forever. It's a wonderful story. It's worth going on about. No, no, the, <laughs> seeing and, and, you know the the unspoken part being we're talking about kids who likely would not be exposed to hockey, right? Otherwise, these are as you mentioned, inner city yeah, kids. Yeah, these these kids, you know, you you go down the street. And you say, you want to play hockey? And they give you this dumb look. What's that? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. This summer, we had a street hockey program. And, you know, I, I took some pictures of kids playing street hockey and showed them. So, oh, they said, oh, yeah. So they came around. And the first Sunday, we had, like, 12 kids. And the next Sunday, they all brought some friends. And it just kept growing. And we ended up with like 50 kids wow. over the summer. And one of the things that I really like about hockey is, for especially for inner city kids, is that uh, you don't have to weigh, you know, be huge, muscular, two, 220 pounds to play football. You don't have to be 6'6 to play basketball. You can be short, you can be fat, you can be skinny. And everybody does equally well. And I think that's one of the real appeals for these kids is that they, it, anybody can play hockey. No, it's, and, it's, it's, that's well said. As opposed to, you know, having physical requirements for other sports. That's, that's, I mean, you got to be able to skate, and I've never been good at that, Noel. So it was never my <laughs> – it really did limit my ability in order to be able to succeed at hockey. <laughs> Noel Acton is, is with us. Hey, Glenn, the coolest thing is watching these street kids go out on the ice for the first time. They they do not worry about falling down. Wow. You know, there's nobody at home that says, oh, be careful, you, you, you might fall down. 
they they used to playing, you know, football in the streets, and um, they get out on the ice. They just want to chase the puck and have fun, and they pick up skating really, really fast. So it's, you know, they think, well, I can't skate. <laughs> we'll teach you in five minutes. And it, <laughs> that's really all it takes because once they start the in the hockey, they're focusing on the, you know, the puck and doing things and not on, oh, I might fall down. You know, and they have full gear on, so I mean, even when they do fall down, they say, oh, that's a nerd. Yeah, right, nerd. we're good. Yeah, 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 we're good. We can, we can do this. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> and they just charge ahead full speed all the time. It's, it's really fun to watch them. No, no, Acton is with us. Um, no, do you find yourself like, and I don't know where we are time-wise. Do you see kids with the banners who are starting to think about the possibility of, of hockey as part of their future? Do you see kids who say, you know, maybe I could go do this. Maybe I could get a scholarship playing hockey. Maybe hockey can be something. Uh, these guys, we, you know, they've been playing for years, but they they only get to practice like once or twice a week. Uh, the senior guys get to practice twice a week, but that's not anything close to what you would need, right? That are you know have a, a family that can support them, and you know they're they're playing hockey four and five times a week, so they're not they want to play hockey. We have one boy. Believe it or not, he graduated from high school this spring and got accepted to Morgan. Perfect school for him. Except he didn't want to go because they don't have a hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did we yell at him for that. <laughs> you need to go anyhow. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome, though. That's awesome. That, that, you know, I, I can imagine it, that, it, that joy, right? Like the joy that they have, the love that they experience for yeah, the sport, I mean, right? It, it just means everything in the world to them. And it's, you know, very much the, the sense that they all want to be together. And I, that's true of all hockey programs. And this past weekend, we had a, uh, a scrimmage game with the Philly uh, Flyers. Yep. Uh, Flyer Warriors. And these are guys that are... Uh, military uh, veterans with P mostly PTSD guys, and they have that same sense of family and support that hockey has brought to the, their organization. And they just kind of related to our kids so much because inner city kids have a lot of PTSD issues from the shootings and things that go on in their community. Um, I, which, which of course, we we is terrifying, but I completely understand that. Um, yeah. Uh, no, what what the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award, right? I know when you started this, that wasn't what this is about, right? Yeah. But but that that people recognize, cared enough to start a campaign and to push for you to receive this, and and what it means now for the attention that the program has got, and I'm sure maybe a few more donations that come in because of it. Can you put into words what that oh, the means word is, The word is how things have been going really well as far as support and donations. One of uh, my, my personal things in which I'm going to work with uh, NHL on is uh, they really like our program. 
and mentioned that they would love to have that started in every NHL city. Wow. Wow. So, and, you know, one of the things I'm doing is, is looking at, you know, not for us to be involved in that, but, but to do kind of a blueprint for other nonprofits to be able to do that with inner city kids. Oh, that's remarkable. That's that. What a remarkable story that would be to see this tender. Uh, and, oh. and, you know, it's, one of the things for Baltimore is, you know, we did the street hockey program at Elwood Park, which is a little small community park in East Baltimore with one basketball court, which we use for the street hockey. And there's probably 50 or 100 of those little basketball courts all over the city. And each one of those could, you know, attract 50 kids. We just need somebody to get organized and, and you know, make use of this. What, what? Uh, the Washington Capitals donated all the street hockey gear that we need. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. If somebody yeah. wanted to, to support Tenderbridge and support the banners, um, I, I know you guys have a, at Be More Banners on Twitter. Is your Twitter yep. account is that the best place for people to go to find out more? Uh, probably our website is is good. Twitter's good. Uh, Facebook is good. Um, it's the Tender Bridge uh, on Facebook and uh, TenderBridge.com on. Um, on the internet for our, our webpage. I, I know, I know the uh as well. Definitely, work the tenderbridge.org is definitely you can get yeah. there that way. Um, yeah. And you got you can get your own Baltimore Banners uh, sweater, which is awesome. Um, that those oh, look yeah, super that, sharp. That's the thing that's going on right now. Yeah, that that's very cool. If you want to get a Baltimore Banners, they look. I'm gonna I'll hold them up for everybody. That looks dope. That yeah. is an awesome looking sweater that you can get. Oh, that was designed by uh, Men's League sweaters, and believe it or not, they donated the entire team's uniforms. Wow! Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so and cool. It was so nice, and you should have seen the first day. We we got them in, and we had a game away game and we loaded <laughs> put them all all on hangers and hung them up for the guys in the locker room and to see these kids inner oh. city kids who've been using used equipment with <laughs> rank tag jerseys <laughs> come in and get these brand new absolutely fantastic looking jerseys no. so you know like like a real professional team, it, the expressions on these kids' faces just... No, I know. It's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable, No. Um, yeah. No, I, before I let you go, you got you got a okay. feel for how the, the final plays out? Do you think Colorado is just going to be able to overwhelm Tampa the rest of the way? Uh, no, it, it's going to be... Well, I, I'm not sure who's going to win. <laughs> not making any guesses. But... Um, the NHL has invited me down with um, a guest to do a, a little TV show uh. on Tuesday night and then stay over for the finals. And I told them I had a real dilemma. There are two boys that are, you know, really into this. And I could only take one of them down. So I, and I, <laughs> I said, 
I said, can you uh, make arrangements and, and we'll pay for the extra person? And she said, um, the girl at NHL said, that, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Noel. That's so yeah. cool. That's so cool. Um, you know, it's, every, everything has been going like that. You know, just, everybody's just so happy to help. It's just amazing. We love that. We love that. Noel Acton, uh, love everything about what it is that you and the Tender Bridge does. And um, so happy for you all to receive this recognition and the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. Remarkable thing. Thank you, not just for taking the time for us this morning, but thank you for your commitment uh, to the young people in our community and, and what you've done to change lives, my friend. Grateful, uh, grateful Glenn, for that. Great to talk to you. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Noel okay. Acton, um, NHL's Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award, has done unbelievable things for our community. Um, remarkable story and, and really wonderful spending some time with him this morning. And it's really cool that he's going to be headed down to the Stanley Cup final with a couple of boys from the program. That's an awesome thing. What a, what a life-changing experience that will be for those young men to get the opportunity to go see a Stanley Cup final live in person. It's, it's overwhelming. Um, love the Baltimore banners. Uh, I know the Ravens just had them out recently at one of the OTAs, had the guys come out to the facility and tour it. And they got to sit down with Eric DaCosta and that was really cool. So, um, remarkable things they're doing. Uh, love to shine a little bit of light on that as uh, here we are in the midst of the Stanley Cup final. All right. A uh, new print issue of Press Box is available right now. John Harbaugh's on the cover. It's our Salute to Coaches issue, our first ever coaches issue. We celebrate John Harbaugh's. He goes into his 15th season. Kenny Amatololo from Navy going into his 15th season. Also, milestones for UMBC's Pete Karinji and Marilyn Sasho Sorovsky and Missy Maharg. Um, uh, Mount St. Joe's Pat Clatchy, Polly's Kendall Pierce. And we also recognize uh, recently retired Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckroll and Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker. That print issue available every Royal Farm store in the area, hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. We needed to do this at some point this week. We always do an MLB draft segment on the show every week, and uh, we t- I just I screwed this up. I didn't time it well. Most of the MLB draft community is out in San Diego for the draft combine that's going on right now. So I really appreciate our buddy Nathan Ruiz, who, of course, covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun, but recently wrote something that was very draft-centric for the Baltimore Orioles. So he's going to talk some draft with us here today on GCR. Nathan, it's Glenn. Always good to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, sure thing, Glenn. Glad to be here. I'm sorry you didn't get the invite to San Diego, though. I'm sorry that that I I I assure you I would rather be there right now. Yeah, were you, were you responsible for that? Are yeah. you the one who was responsible <laughs> yeah. organizing that? I I screwed up, man. I I should have put in the request to go do the show from the. I think that's what everybody's asking for, by the way. Demand for MLB draft combine coverage was over. I really screwed up, not coordinating doing the show out in San Diego for a few days. Um. Nathan, let me start here, right? Do you do you agree with the consensus at this point that Drew Jones has individually separated himself as the top guy, or do you believe it's it's Jones and Holiday, and it's not as certain that Jones is definitely whatever the Orioles do the singular top prospect in the draft? I think it's kind of indicative of the class itself in a lot of ways that as we see these mock drafts for what the Orioles might do, 
that there's been five or six different names attached to them. And obviously part of that is this process. You want to make sure that you're getting the right player. Part of it is what we've come to see the Orioles do, where they maybe don't take the expected player and instead they kind of move some money around, so to speak, in terms of manipulating that bonus pool to make sure they're getting not just the best player but the best draft class they can. So I, I think that the reason that we've seen so many different names linked to the Orioles is because people aren't sure, frankly, what they're going to do, and they like it that way. They're not going to make a decision really until the days or the minutes leading up to having to make that 1-1 selection. So I think in this particular case, you mentioned Drew Jones, who is kind of regarded as this consensus top player in the class, but I don't know if necessarily has the carry that you look back at 2019 when they last had the number one pick. They took Adley Rutschman because he was kind of considered the number one guy, so they took the number one guy. But you look at 2020, Heston Kerstad wasn't considered the number two player in the class. Uh, And you look at what else they were able to get in that draft. Jordan Westbrook's having a great, great season. Uh, Kobe Mayo, of course. Yeah, Right, Kobe Mayo, Hudson Haskins doing really well in Bowie. Carter Baumler's come back from Tommy John and is pitching really well. But, But just imagine if it was just Heston Kerstad in that draft class and how differently we would maybe view that group if it was built around one player instead of built around getting the best group of players. And so that's generally what their draft strategy is. You look at, you know, the 2019 draft. It's not just about Adley. We, we see what Gunnar Henderson's done. Kyle Stowers got to come up and make his debut this week. So there's, there's other factors in all of these things. And um, unfortunately, the way that the structure of it is, it's not necessarily always just tech, take the best available player. But there's nothing that says the Orioles won't do that. So it's an interesting thought, Nathan, because like I'll I'll discuss this with with folks who really know the draft, and I'll say like I, I'm I'm okay with listening to the other strategy of hey, if there are six guys and we all think they're about similar, but we can get one for less money, and that can allow us to to sign somebody else and maybe add a pitcher later on in the draft. That that sounds good in theory, but ultimately, is there someone that's so good that if you don't take them? we're going to be thinking about that for 20 years to come. You compare to 2020, there were a lot of people that were saying that about Austin Martin. Well, that so far has not proven to be the case, right? And I get it. It's still very early on. I'm not not suggesting that Austin Martin won't still turn out to be a really good baseball player. And so I try to present the question that way. If the Orioles were to do this and go Brooks Lee and, and save some money, would they legitimately end up ruining the fact that they had the chance to get Drew Jones and didn't? And I, I feel like it's been about 60-40, the responses that I've gotten back, right? Like, there's 60% of people that say, yeah, you don't screw this up. Drew Jones is that type of talent. And then 40% who say, eh, you know, he's he's good, but he's not Alex Rodriguez good. Like, he's not that good. And that's the part, like, I feel like that has to matter when a team makes a decision like this. To, to and People describe it as getting cute, but doing something else. Are you passing on this ungodly talent that could truly change your franchise in the process? Yeah, and I think that that becomes an internal debate. I mean, you go back to, I believe it was the 2013 draft, Mark Appel, you know, Michael Elias was in charge of the Astros draft, and Mark Appel was kind of the consensus number one guy, and they take him, and the number two pick is Chris Bryant, who's obviously gone on to have a a really great career, won a World Series, won a rookie of the year, won an MVP, and, and Mark Appel has yet to reach the major league. So there's obviously, you know, like you mentioned, it's still early if you look back at the 2020 draft and the Austin Martin has incurred that situation. It, it, these things are hard. And Michael Elias said that back in 2019 before they made a pick. Like, he knows from experience that 1-1 picks don't always pan out, and that's, that's, that's the risk of this. Like, but if you take, um, you know, the player who I think, to your point, like is most assured or viewed the most as having 
um, you know, a, a, a path to longevity, a path to success, you're, you're probably best serving yourself. But at the same time, if you're able to grab a player whose path is maybe slightly less so and boost and get four other players whose paths are, I'm using the word path a lot, but mm-hmm. if you're able to create a situation where, again, you're getting the best group of players, you're adding the biggest influx of overall talent instead of just adding you know, if you're able to add a number 50 prospect and a number 75 prospect versus just adding a number 25 prospect, you're, you're maybe a little better served in the long run, especially because, you know, who knows how these things end up working out in the long run. I think they're going to take the player who, who they view as the best and as the best fit for them, as the best person who's going to allow them to, to formulate the draft pool. I mean, in 2019, that was Adley Rutschman. In 2020, they really believed in Hessen Kerstad. I know that it came off as a leap what they ended up doing in the end, but they thought if that 2020 college baseball season hadn't gotten cut short, that he would have been one of the best players in baseball and maybe would have played himself up to being a number two, a number three, that level of pick. And unfortunately, the season just got cut short and they didn't get to see that actually happen. Um, and then you look at Colton Kowser last year and they really believed that he was, you know, one of the top college hitters and that was a national opinion as well. So that they have a history of taking the player who they feel is the best. And obviously, sometimes there is the financial element getting mixed into that. But at the end of the day, they're going to take the player who they feel is the best fit for them. And whether that's Drew Jones or Jackson Holiday or Brooks Lee or, or Tamar Johnson or Elijah Green or even someone else who's maybe a little farther down rankings right now, they're, they're going to take the player that they believe in most and they're going to have a justification for it. And they're going to add other talent in other areas throughout the draft. And, and they're going to try to continue to do kind of this process, as we've seen really without everything they've done. They're going to do it their way. And and to this point, if you look at their draft, their excuse me, their prospect pool and what they've built, it, it seems to have worked. But it's just a matter of obviously that translating to the major leagues at some point. He is Nathan Ruiz. He covers the Orioles, the Baltimore Sun. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. We're talking draft. Um, Nathan, the one thing we haven't seen since Michael Elias has been here is a high school player um, with the Orioles' first pick. Right? They've gone specifically college bats. Do we work under the assumption that like they don't do it until they do? Like, do do we have to file that away? At, or do you think it matters that they haven't taken a high school bat as we try to figure out what they might do this year? Yeah, I think that it's. I think it's kind of along the same lines of like what the Orioles are going to do financially. It's kind of a similar talking point. I think that like in, until we see something different, to your point, we're we're going to think, oh, we're just going to analyze so much about the past three years and how they've operated. But it's not like there's a full hesitancy to, to draft high school players. I mean, we saw them draft Gunnar Henderson, yep. drafted Kobe Mayo, drafted Carter Baumler, uh, Daryl Hernandez. So, like, there's there's a history there of them t- using early picks. It's just they didn't happen to be at the top of their board when the pick came up. And I think they would have very happily taken Bobby Witt Jr. in, in 2019 if Adley Rutschman had it been available to them. So I don't think there's necessarily a hesitancy there. There's obviously a lot more data available to them when it comes to college hitters, and I think that's why you've seen – um, them lean so much into that group when you look at Heston Kerstad and Colton Kowser mixed into that as well. Um, and that might end up being the thing that swings things in Brooks Lee favor. We don't know that yet until we see it happen, but obviously this draft class is organized a little differently where a lot of the top talent is high school position players. Um, obviously the players that we've talked about to this point, really everyone but Brooks Lee is, is a high school yep. position player. And, and so it's just a matter of which of those group that which of that group of players they like more and, and which one they fall to and I think at the end of the day it's less about high school versus college it's just more about 
the information they have available to them and which player they like more. And obviously, once upon a time, Mike Elias, you know, he's credited with, with Carlos Correa, right? Who was right. who was not the consensus number one overall guy, but was a high school player and worked out okay for the Astros for a few years to come. Um, is there anything that would surprise you at this point? Like, is there? Do you have any sort of Nathan sense of? It's it's got to come from this group of five guys. There's no way. Like we bring up Kerstad. Kerstad was until 24 hours beforehand, maybe 48 hours, when I had someone drop me kind of a hint about Kerstad, and I said I need to get in touch with this guy. Um, I it was completely off the radar. Do you think that they've zeroed in? Do you think there's any weird world in which, hey, nobody's really talking about so and so, but it could still end up being that guy. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think the only thing that maybe would surprise me would be like a, any of the pitchers, because most right. of the pitchers right now are, are grouped in the teens. They're high school pitchers, which historically, you know, there's some risk there. A high school right-hander has never gone number one overall, so I, I don't think we're necessarily going to see that. That would surprise me. Um, but in terms of the group, you know, we talked earlier about how neither of us are unfortunately in San Diego. And so the draft combine is happening right now. Players are making impressions, and they can move up draft boards really quickly, I think, in that sense. So there's still, you know, a month left until they have to make this decision. We've seen historically, like you mentioned with Kerstad, that did not pop up until basically right before the draft as a guy who is getting linked to the Orioles. And that was intentional. That was them saying, we don't want to signal anything to anyone else that we're thinking of making a move on this guy, that right. he's our guy, that he's the one we've circled. And so they, they might feel that same way. They might be seeing these stories that people are writing that are linking them to certain players and thinking, oh, the guy who's ninth in this mock draft, that's our guy. And they... That might be the way they feel. They don't feel that way because he's nice, but that's just you know the guy they've targeted, the guy they like, the guy that financially makes sense to them, and as a player makes sense to them. So I don't I don't know that anything would surprise me. I think you know obviously the 2020 pick was was pretty out of left field, you know, so to speak, in terms of like you mentioned, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't a name they were linked to a ton. Obviously, Austin Martin was kind of viewed as almost a consensus number two behind Torkelson. Yep. And so when that doesn't happen, I think that was a surprise, but. You know, Kowser was a guy who made sense for them. Obviously, Adley was pretty forecasted as well. But I think whatever they do is, is not going to be as much of a surprise, just given the, the history and looking back at 2020. All right. What, what are they, can, can they really let Bruce Zimmerman go out there again in five days, or do, do they have to do something there? Yeah, it's definitely un- unfortunate and strange, given how well he started the season. Right. You know, the great story of the guy from the Baltimore area getting to start the home opener, pitching so well. I, obviously, you know, he's searching for things right now. Obviously, there's some mechanical things that might be partnering to Costco has written about in terms of him trying to hide, you know, pitch tipping. And his changeup was such a good pitch for him early on, and that's kind of faded away. His fastball was hit tremendously hard last year, and we're seeing that again. So, obviously, some, some issues there. And, um, you know, I think one byproduct of the Grayson Rodriguez injury that maybe isn't getting talked about enough is the fact that they had, you know, let's say 100, 120 innings circled for him. Now those 100, 120 innings have to go to someone else. And so I think you're going to see them be a lot more hard-pressed to make a tough decision like that with anyone. If Tyler Wells goes out and has, you know, six straight poor outings or Jordan Lyle, I mean, Jordan Lyle is probably a different situation. But if these guys are going out there and struggling, you know, it's it's a matter of hey, we don't really have yeah, who's going to pitch the option right. that we maybe once right. thought we had to to replace them. So it's it's an unfortunate situation. You know, I'm you know Bruce and Chris Holt and Darren Holmes are all working to try to figure something out because we've seen he can be effective. We saw it early in the season. It's just a matter of getting back to that. Yeah, I mean, I you could you could put Spencer Watkins back in for the sake of doing it, right? Like, but but what do you think the results are going to be there? <laughs> you know, like I. 
there's no world in which DL Hall appears to be ready for that. There's just not. Unfortunately, this is this is this this is the problem, right? They just don't have the pitching. All right, Nathan Ruiz. Uh, I know on Twitter everybody can give you a follow at Nathan S Ruiz, and of course the Baltimore Sun and BaltimoreSun.com. How about we pitch you and I doing like a crossover event at the uh, MLB Draft Combine next year, so we make the trip out to San Diego? How about we work on that now? Yeah, I don't know that financially that's going to work out on uh, the Baltimore Suns end, but uh, I'm happy to put in a budget for it and see where we get. All right, let's let's at least try. Let's at least run it up the flagpole and see if we can. Right, pull let's it make up. the effort. Yeah, let's right. make the effort for sure. Hey, man, really appreciate you taking the time for us. Let's do it again soon. All right. It's... Yeah, sounds good, Gun. Thanks so much. Nathan Ruiz checking in with us here on GCR, talking a little MLB draft for this week's draft segment. Seriously, I screwed that up big time, man. I'd be in San Diego right now, heading out in the, heading out in the. Coronado Island and wandering over to Mission Beach. Maybe going over to Cliffs and Point Loma. I love San Diego. It's, it's my third favorite American city. New Orleans, Baltimore, San Diego. You guys just have to wonder what what order I have New Orleans and Baltimore in because I won't. Well, you said you. New Orleans first. Yeah, but that's just naming cities. I wasn't okay. confirming it was okay. in that order. You just have to wonder. My third. What, what Carson? Yes, Carson. Hanging out with Griffin and I isn't as good as being in San Diego. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's a difficult question to answer. <laughs> like you think I'm afraid of him and offend you? No, it's not. I would rather be in San Diego. It's I don't know if you've heard. It's San Diego. It's a lovely place. We come back in. We'll get a tidbit tubular, and then it'll be weekend at Bookies. That's on the way. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it and matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hey, be more The Orioles 2022 Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite kicks off Friday, June 17th with Flo Rida. After the O's take on the Tampa Bay Rays, stay for the post-game concert and watch Flo Rida perform live from the infield. The concert is free to all fans who attend the game, with the option to add special on-field access. With hit singles like My House and his latest single, Wait, what better way to watch Flo Rida perform live at Camden Yards on June 17th? Buy tickets now at Orioles.com music. It's my house. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute the Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Inside, tributes to Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach coach Lou Eckerl with stories from the players who these coaches have impacted most over the years. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. Just a couple of minutes. Simply the bets will be brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We do it every other Thursday. Not simply the bets. Simply the bets is Tuesday. Weekend at Bookies is every. I knew that. I was just testing you, really, uh, Griffin, is what happened there. Simply the bets. Thank you. Well done. Uh, that's the reason why we called it that. You've, yeah. you've, you've determined it. Well, well, we can't get anything past you. That's what I know. That's why we call Griffin the I-team around here. He is our investigative reporter and figured out why it is we named the show Simply the Bets. Um, weekend, weekend at Bookies. Do you know why we call it Weekend at Bookies? Um, oh, because God. you're talking about the weekend uh, slate of everything that's going on. Realize how young you are. Weekend. Do you have any idea? None. Oh, Whatsoever. Got another question from Brian Powell. Brian Powell wants to know if either of you could name the artist responsible for the smash hit song parents just don't understand um i by the way i told him that there was no chance i said zero chance that that happens let's see how's the song go oh god <laughs> what year did the song come out yeah that, no i don't that, i don't know that you were alive that's the that's not the the point is well yeah but it might it's a very popular you no know, you yeah. definitely weren't alive i don't even know why yeah. it was the in, beastie boys you know what? It's I. You're not. I'm gonna say this. You're not exactly close, <laughs> okay. but you're so much closer than I could have possibly imagined you being. Okay. Like I'll take that. Yeah. Guess the the Beach Boys. Though. Okay. There you go. <laughs> nailed it. Nail, that's the one. You nailed it. You nailed it. Oh God. Um, one weekend at Bookies is a play on a very popular film called Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Rings a bell. No yeah, chance yeah. you've seen. There's zero no, chance you've no, seen Weekend no, at Bernie's. Why, why are we yeah, pretending like that's the case? That's the play there. Like simply the bets is the play on simply the best. Weekend at Bookies is the play on Weekend at Bernie's. Um, parents just don't understand like is from the legendary Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Uh, the Fresh Prince being. Will Smith. Smith. Yeah, they were. All right, so anyway, moving on. (laughs) Put that up on TikTok. (laughs) 
Hi, it's time to get a tidbit. Oh, yeah, Weekend at Boogies in, in three minutes, whatever it's going to be when we finish this. We'll do Weekend at Boogies next. We do it every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. And Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. What do you know? Okay. You know what? Remind me next week. We're doing a How Young Are You. We did this with Bobby Trossett once when he was in the studio. We're going to do a How Young Are You, How Old Are You uh, battle. I want you to prepare like 10 general knowledge questions that you think all young people, I mean like pop culture yeah. types of things that all young people could answer. Both of you prepare five. I'll prepare 10 that I think that I think young people should know even if. This is like me. I went to see, I assure you, I was not alive when the Beatles were a thing. But I knew every song Paul McCartney was playing the other night when I went to see the show. The thing we like to say, well, I'm, I'm young, that's not good enough. There's things that we should know that go past our own age range. Trust me, uh, Brooks Robinson was not playing baseball by the time I was born. But I know an awful lot of things about Brooks Robinson. We should do better. So we're going we're gonna to quiz our, we're going to do a how young are you, how old are you thing next Thursday. Are you in next Thursday, uh, Carson? I th- I'll be in next week. I don't know. I think I've worked. All right. So we'll figure it out. One of these days. We'll figure it out. One of these days. One of these days. Uh, Tidbit and Tubular brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We'll tell you more about that when we get into Weekend at Bookies. What you got for Tidbit? All right. So uh, I actually had a pretty long one, but since we're going to run it Tell me what you got. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my reserve one. Because is Stan going to be here tomorrow? Uh, I believe so, yeah. All right. Cool. Then I'll save that one. The Orioles are giving away a soccer jersey. Let's go. I don't know why. I mean, maybe maybe in, the World Cup. Maybe in celebration it. of the World Cup. That, yeah. Like, by the way, why would you announce this now and not wait until like after the the World uh, Cup is announced later tonight? Uh, so, a Birdland FC soccer jersey. It's wow. Cool. Yeah, that is. I don't know I if mean, it's. A, I don't know if it's a big old Pepsi logo. But I don't, but I don't know if it's like a real kit or if it's more like a probably you know, a, a shirt that yeah. looks. Yeah. Um, okay, so it does look cool though. <laughs> no doubt about that. It looks cool. Go ahead. I want to talk, so the leadoff hitter for the Blue Jays, George Springer, definitely uh, probably one of the best leadoff hitters in the game right now, would you say? Okay. Um, so I wanted to look at leadoff home run leaders. George Springer currently has 50, and so all time on leadoff home run leaders, that puts him at to fourth. Okay. So I would like to know, can you name the top six, that w- including oh, Springer? Man. Certainly Ricky Henderson. There you go. He is number one. He has 81 home runs in the leadoff spot. I'll guess, leader, like I'll guess Brady, yeah, I'll guess I Brady gonna Anderson. Say, I was say him. No, not Brady Anderson. It's mm. a little surprising. Yeah, it really is. Because he hit 50 one year. Uh, like leading off the game is one. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah. it's just. Yeah. Uh, Biggio. There you go, yep. Craig Biggio has 53. He is ahead of Springer right now, so Springer will likely catch him at some point. He's third. You have one, three, and four. I don't Altuve. No, not Jose Altuve. I, I mean, I don't even know if he was hitting because lead, like leadoff hitters kind of went away after yeah. a certain point. Oh man, Ichiro. Nope, not Ichiro. I'm gonna just because of they, how long they're he pretty played, tough. Go I'm gonna guess good. Jeter just because of how no, long. No, not he Jeter. He didn't really, he wasn't really. It wasn't really a power hitter. But he wasn't really a leadoff hitter. Just the amount. That's the problem. He wasn't really later off in his career. He hit lead off sometimes. Let's see the um. Let me hold on. Let me think of it. Jimmy Rollins. No, not Jimmy Rollins. Good guess though. Oh, they've all played in the last like twenty years. No, not Joe Morgan. All played in the last twenty years. Yeah, that's when leadoff hitters died. So these are just random guys that were stuck in this top spot. I guess so. 
Great. This will be super easy to get. All right, wait, it's 11.46. you got to give me a, a, a give me something else. Uh, I think they all played for the Tigers. All three of them played for the Tigers at one point. Three of them played. Gr- Granderson. Curtis Granderson. There you go. Yep. Yeah, he is one. number six, 47. Uh, another Tiger. Another Tiger. Another Tiger. Another Tiger. Is Austin Jackson a D-bat leadoff? Oh, that is a good guess. I don't no, think he hit that many not, home yeah, runs. Yeah, no, he didn't hit many home runs. Yeah, I don't know how many home runs. Austin Jackson. Jackson. I think he did was a leadoff hitter. You're right about that. Tigers. Infielder for the Tigers over the last, like, Decade, decade and a half. Kinsler? There you go. Ian Kinsler mm, hit wow. 48 I, I could not have told you that he was a leadoff hitter, though. I could not have told you that. All right, who's just tell me who the other And then Alfonso Soriano. Oh. He Soriano? Never, did not did he, he play for the Tigers? No, he never played for the okay. Tigers. I don't I know why say, I thought I he did. I never thought he played for the Tigers. Chicago. He played for Chicago for a little bit. Cubs, man. All right. Midwest. Here's what's coming up. Totally tubular. Orioles, Blue Jays, 3 o'clock on Masson 2. Tyler Wells and Kevin Gosman. Masson, Phillies, Nationals at 7. MLB Network, Rays, Yankees at 7. Angels, Mariners at 10. U.S. Open coverage right now on USA. It moves over to NBC at 2. ABC for Game 6 tonight at 9 o'clock. Warriors, Celtics in the NBA Finals. The World Cup host city announcement tonight at 5 on Fox Sports 1. Get to Abbey Burger. Celebrate with the folks from the host committee. That would mean a lot to them. Uh, Monumental Network, Washington Mystics, New York Liberty at 7. Some wrestling today as well. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out. All right, so uh, Tom Hanks is on Colbert, not, not a huge uh, fan. Elvis, he's yeah, promoting Elvis. Elvis. You're not a huge fan of Tom Hanks? Well, I mean, it's, what, I mean I'm mean, i not a huge fan of the late Do you late, hate America? Like, do you hate, stuff? like, I'm just saying, puppies, I'm just mentioning Tom Hanks is out there. Like, is it, would somebody think but I'm saying he, I always he's, love he's not the highlight. Like, I, don't, the highlight. I don't like Tom Hanks, because like, you don't like acting. Like, it's just, you, you're such a hipster douche. When he's, somebody, the, he's the bottom of the highlights. Is that, so that's why I'm saying him first. That's okay. why I was like Tom Hanks. I'm trying to All build right, we'll up. Get, quickly, we gotta go. We gotta uh, go. Let's see the Old Man series premiere on FX with Jeff Bridges. That looks kind of interesting. I don't know. Snoop Dogg has a comedy special coming out on Netflix. Yeah, there's no chance that's good. Uh, but the big thing you talk about timing. You know, working out tonight for mm-hmm. uh, you know right around half. To, once we hit halftime in the in Game Six, new new episode of Practical Jokers on a ten on True TV. Not my thing. With that no is, Joe, right? Yeah, no, no Joe. Joe. So no. it'll be interesting. I think uh, it's gonna be love, Jillian Bell is gonna be on. People gotcha. love that show. It has never been my thing. Oh, I. I love that show. Watch Great Jackass. Show. It's, it's in my, my top favorite. five shows. Uh, it's my probably my number one. I grew up. Watching I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to keep them to myself <laughs> right now. Like it, I would like the show. I don't. I think the guys are all nice guys. I think they might be humorous. It's all so obviously fake. I don't think so. No, I, I know. And not only that. Not only <laughs> do I think so. I know so. It's been confirmed. There's a reason why, like in the heyday of Jackass, they had to blur out a lot of people's faces and things along those lines. It was real because they were legitimately pulling pranks. This is scripted. This is a scripted show that they present to you as... I'm and not going to let you crush my dreams. And it doesn't mean that they're not funny people. Like, I think they're funny people, and I think they... It's all very pleasant. It's just... It's not for me. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to... Boy, I'm going after the impractical jokers, and they're like some of the most powerful and wealthy people on the planet, so I want to ease up on all that. Maybe don't put that one on TikTok. All right. Uh, that one's uh, going away. That uh, Carson, going what's, your, uh, what's your Twitter? Uh, just at Carson Ware. Uh, Ware's got with, an, with an I. W A I R. Well, everybody would think it would have an A. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, I believe guess. Believe it or not. Hang on a second. I take that back. Where could be W H E R E. So I get. You know what? I'll take that back. I'll take that. Yeah, back. Believe it or not, my last name's got yeah, an I. Or an a in it. An a and an I. All right. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Thanks today to uh, Nathan Ruiz. Thanks also to uh, Stephanie Reddy as well as Noel Acton. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the. <laughs> Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Heston Kerstad is scheduled to join us tomorrow. Um, are we doing Norfolk? Yes, yeah, we are doing it? Norfolk. We tomorrow. are doing the Jordan uh, Westberg. Jordan Westberg. Jordan Westberg is joining us tomorrow. Stan the Fan will be in studio with us tomorrow. And 
stuff and things, perhaps some reaction uh, related to the uh, World Cup announcement, and uh, there was something else that we were working on for tomorrow. Might end up being a very busy day tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If Carson gets around to putting more things on TikTok at some point. I, I hope. Computer issues, right? I now. hope that's the case. At Glenn Clark Radio on all three. Have a great Thursday night. Go birds. Go Baltimore. I don't I guess that's what we say about that. Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too. When we come back in, it'll be weekend at bookies. That's next. Welcome into Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. That's where you want to be for Game 6 of the NBA Finals tonight, 9 o'clock. If there is a Game 7, Sunday night at 8, you're going to want to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel. So many props available. I'm playing the one that Aaron Oster gave us the other night with Marcus Smart combined points and rebounds over 20 and a half. I'm going to roll that out there. He's hit it in every game in the finals except the blowout in game two when he only played 25 minutes. So I'm going to give a shot on that one. And in order to do that, you got to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. You want to reserve your spot for tonight. Make sure there's a table available. Make sure that there is a set of reclining chairs available for game six. Or you want to go ahead and think about a potential game seven. Really keep in mind for game seven. Dave Chappelle's playing all weekend in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and there is a lot of conjecture, a lot of thought about how big the crowds are going to be. So there's expected to be huge walk-up crowds in the FanDuel Sportsbook all weekend. You want to make sure you reserve your spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. All right, uh, coming up a little bit later on, we'll check in with our buddy Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports. But right now, he is our friend Andrew Stecka. He's going to tell us what it is that he likes this week with his stats and figures. Andrew, what's up, buddy? What is it that you like this week? I still do love the idea of two guys. Oh, well, that, well, that's a, that's a, I, did I, I think I might admit. Andrew, can you say that again? I what is it? I still do love the idea of two guys. Jeez. I mean, I'm not. 
I'm certainly not here to judge by any stretch of the imagination. But that's not what I expected today. I thought maybe you'd have some sports picks for us, Andrew. I thought that would be I, – I just didn't know that's where we were going. You know, I kind of thought that we would wait like six months and bring that back, but you went six, right ahead like two weeks six later months. and just went for six it. Six months, even hold on to the joke I'm going to wait six months. I'm sure that's what I'm going to do. I will look for – I don't – I don't know. I, I can't believe I remembered it for two weeks, more or less, for six months. Jesus What do you mean? Christ. It's all over your TikTok and everything. I know you're very big on that. Oh, yeah, as you know. As you know, I am Mr. TikTok. We put up two videos, and that's it. That's the Carson said, I've had enough. I'm good. That'll be the end of the TikTok. All right. Uh, I don't even know how you did. <laughs> Griffin didn't even tell me how you I did. I did. Oh, oh, boy. Jesus Christ. At least, at least he figured out. At least he figured out how to play the clip. I can't. I can only ask for so much. He figured out that. Well, I can tell you that we're we're still undefeated on soccer bets. Oh, Wales. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. What a what a jerk Uh, you were picking against Ukraine. What a jerk you were. Feel good about. I am for trying to trying to help people win some money. Feel good about yourself there. What else? What else? He had. Feel a little fatter in the wallet for it. All right. right, Settle down over there. He also had. He said to take uh, the over seven and a half in the game two of the Oilers Avalanche yeah. after the yeah, fourteen goal game one. Yeah, yeah that, that one. That, that one went on. That was, that was rough. Um, and then there are two that are yet to be decided. Yeah, but you got something on the U.S. Open, right? He had something yes, on the yeah, U.S. He, Open. Yeah, he yeah. Won we, got, we got some U.S. Open plays. Because as you know, and he, we're still waiting on we're still waiting on the Celtics, of course. Yes. My yeah. Pre- oh yeah, yeah. How you feeling about that? Um, I'm. I'm actually confident that we're going to see a game seven from there. I think we'll see. I'm not. I. This is a funny thing, right? Like, I definitely wouldn't feel confident about it, but I. I think it's. I think that they they deserve to be favored tonight. Like, I I I don't think they're going to roll over. I don't think they're just going to die. But it really is alarming how they've hit this wall over the last five quarters. Like, I did not expect such a listless effort from them. In Game Five, I it maybe it was nothing more than a hangover from how they this you know pissed away Game Four maybe, but boy it it when people bring up the idea of them like hitting a wall and guys that have not played this many games before and all that sort of stuff I don't know that was stunning I mean they just they had nothing to offer in Game I, Five I think what's encouraging is that you haven't actually it's not like they've played well and still lost. Um, they 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 have not played well. Yeah. And the Warriors haven't really played. I mean, they've. They, I think in comparison, obviously, they've played much better than the Celtics. But the, I don't think the Warriors have, other than the obvious Andrew Wiggins problem that they they ran into uh, the other night. They the Warriors as a whole have not. It's not like they have blown them out. I mean, that third quarter. Well, night, I mean, game, except for game game about, game two where they kicked their asses. <laughs> Yeah, well, right. then that's we're going back a ways. Right? right, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you on that. Look, I don't know, man. I, I'm very confused by all of it. I, I'm with you. I don't think, but I just haven't. I think I want to say that's the the follow up to have faith in the Celtics is tough too, just because I I haven't seen it. They I, I kept thinking it's a, at some it's a point lean for me. Yeah, yeah. I I'm fine with that. I'm fine with saying I think that there's probably if I if I percentage wise the Celtics have a 54 percent chance of winning this game. I think it's slightly better than 50 50, and they deserve to be slight favorites, right? But yeah. I have so, no confidence, and I don't have to your point. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Warriors either. But it it the part that people talk about where it matters that they've been here before that does seem to be a factor. Although ironically, Andrew Wiggins is the one that played the best, and he hasn't been here before all right let's get into stats and figures uh where well, we ha- where, the, where we headed first 
we're going to go to the finals. I think the one thing that we've 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 noticed is is happening is the the total has has just continued to crawl down as we kind of expected that it would. Um, getting into these later games of the series, and the total tonight is is still sitting at two ten, and I do like the under. Um, I think the the fact that I lean toward the Celtics, um, I think that means it's going to be a defensive struggle probably for both teams, and I think uh, the, the the under two ten is the the way to play on that. Um, I, I just I, I feel like if the Celtics are going to win, which as I said I I, I lean that way, I think that it's going to be one of those defensive struggles where both teams kind of hover maybe around the hundred point mark. I hear you. I, I hear you. I don't think I could bet it, but I hear you, right? Like, like if you said you have to bet it one way or the other, I, I go that route. I don't know, man. I I have this, this weird, like, I almost need, like, mathematical proof of something at this point in order to bet. Like, I'm going to bet that stupid Marcus Smart thing, but outside of that, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I am, I'm just in a weird, this series is so weird to me. What Remind me what the number is. Say it again. 210. 210. 210. Yeah, I mean, I get it. When they combined for 198 the other night. I get it. I, all right, maybe maybe you could talk me into that. Maybe you could talk what's me the, into it. What's the stupid Marcus Smart thing you're referring to? The twenty and a half, the combined points and rebounds that that Aaron talked me into the other day because he's hit he's hit it the number in every oh, game okay. except for game two, which is when they got their asses kicked and he only played twenty five minutes. I actually um, looked at Marcus Smart just just on his points number, and I actually I, I I hadn't heard that. I love that idea. His points number alone, I lean toward an over. He's, his points number set at like fifteen and a half, and if you look at what he's he's averaged 60, over sixteen in the series, and that was with two points in game two. Right. So like he's averaged twenty points a game in the other four games, and you throw out game two, which I know the, you can't just throw out a game, but but you get what I'm you get. I think you get the point. I'm. By making. the way, if you happen if you happen to like. And I, we talked about this again on uh, Simply the Bets on Tuesday. If you still like the chances of the Celtics coming back to win the series, and admittedly, I don't think I would be comfortable betting that even with, with good odds at the moment. But if you do, if you happen to like that, and you look at that and say the Celtics 3-1 to one to win the series, all they got to do is win two games, and they've proven they can win on the road, I hear you. I, I feel like I would have to... I'm stunned by the MVP odds at the moment. I'm stunned. I'm floored by it. There is zero reason why Jason Tatum should be the Celtics' favorite among the MVP candidates at the moment. That makes no sense. And even if you say, well, Jason Tatum actually, you know, if you really look at the numbers, he's kind of played better. The narrative is so important here. The narrative is Jason Tatum hasn't played well. And so in voting for finals MVP – and again, part of the argument might be, well, if they're going to win, he's going to have to play better. So that's the reason why he's the favorite. But looking at Jalen Brown at eighteen to one, or Marcus Smart at one hundred ten to one, yeah. If if you have this thought that the Celtics could come back and win the series, I would absolutely be dipping your toes in those waters because Marcus Smart has been, again, outside of Game Two very consistent and the narrative has been very significant that if they're going to win it's going to be because of their defense and their size and Marcus Smart is at the center of that and he's played well offensively I I, those odds make so little sense to me looking at the finals MVP odds that I have if if you're going that route and I'm not telling you to because I don't think I could be comfortable betting the Celtics to win the series at the moment but if you are I got to throw a couple of bucks on either Marcus Smart or at least Jalen Brown because Tatum makes no sense. Um, no, I, I, I totally hear you. Next, where are we headed next? We're going to stay with this game, actually. I'm going to give you a prop that I like. And it's funny, we ha- you, you, 
you bring up a lot of important names that, that, that would fit the Celtic narrative, but there's a point total that I looked at and I thought, well, that's, that seems a little low for me. And that's Al Horford. Um, Al Horford really has not, you know, aside from the one game, right, has not right. shown big point numbers, but he still ended up scoring nine points in game five, even though the Celtics were truly horrendous. Um, his over-under number is set at nine and a half, and that's only minus 102. I figure, why wouldn't you expect if, if the Celtics are going to win, they're going to need to get something out of Al Horford. Um, you know, a couple threes here and there, he can contribute uh, from an offensive standpoint. If, if, if you believe that the Celtics have a chance to win tonight, um, I think they need to get something out of Al Horford. So I like him to go just, you know, to score at least 10 points to go over nine and a half. Uh, in the game tonight as well. I definitely couldn't do it. I don't. I don't have the appetite. I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and it, it, I think it requires you to believe in the Celtics to have that be the case. I just, boy, I don't. I don't know if I can have the confidence. It's what. It's what when you and I talked after Game One, like the, this scenario where, hey, Jason Tatum should get better. Yeah, but there is just no way to believe that Al Horford could keep doing that. And it's been even less than that. He's gone over that number once in the four games since. I let me ask you this: You talk about having confidence in the Celtics. Of all the outcomes that could happen in the game tonight, mm-hmm. don't you feel like a Warriors blowout is the least likely? I disagree with that. I absolutely okay. think there is a scenario by which reality sets in, right? Like mm-hmm. where it gets away from you, especially if they get they didn't again. They the last two games they have not been the third quarter Warriors, right? But if like the third quarter Warriors show up tonight, and all of a sudden midway through the th- the fourth quarter it's an eighteen point game, and you've made a couple little mini runs, and it just hasn't, I, I I don't know the reality of the circumstances based on how they played poorly in the last game. I think sometimes that can come off in your body language, and it's just easy to say, hey man, we gave it everything we had, we just don't have it, and it kind of gets carried away from there. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I feel like there's just something about. The idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, of Boston. There's obviously a buzz in Boston right now. You know, like the, the golf tournament's going yeah, on. I hear you, right? The, the, the Red, Red, Red Sox are playing, like, right? Like I feel like people are going to be jazzed up. Tonight oh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be raucous. I think it's going to be crazy tonight. But it was crazy in yeah. Game Four. You know what I mean? Like it was nuts in Game You're Four. You're right. I, I I just feel like the least of the. You know, if you if you if you take the four scenarios, Boston wins close, Warriors win close, Boston blow out, Warriors blow out. If if what like, you're I saying specifically like, like a four quarter blowout, no, I would be stunned by that. I don't think there's any world in which the Warriors go in there and blow out the Celtics for four quarters. I think that no matter what, even if the war if the the Warriors win, it's because they pull away. And this blowout is because they pull away in the second half. I I just I think that the likelihood of a four quarter blowout for the Celtics is just as likely as the four quarter blowout for the Warriors, though. I just don't from basketball perspective, I don't see it. It's... Fair enough. Next. So. What's uh, Andrew Stecka, Stetson Figures. Where are we going next? Uh, we're going to go baseball. Um, the, you know, this this Orioles Blue Jays series has been uh, weird. I, I guess is the, the easiest way to put it. Entertaining, um, entertaining, and weird. And there's been runs. And when I looked at some of the the numbers for the game today, I thought, why are why is the Blue Jays team total only five runs? Um, give me over five runs at, at even money. Actually, um, Tyler Wells has been okay, but the bullpen has decidedly not been okay for the Orioles. And I just feel like, why couldn't the Blue Jays score at least six against the Orioles today? Especially for the value, you're not having to pay anything. It's an even money bet. Um, Give me the Blue Jays at over five runs. I I can't trust the Orioles' bullpen right now to hold anything down. 
Um, much less, you know, like I said, Tyler Wells has been okay, but he's, he's not been, been good. Holding I mean, it down. Let's be Tyler Wells has been good. He's he's the Orioles' best pitcher. <laughs> like, that's the that's the. Well, the I mean, I, mean, I hear you. It's a, a low bar. I get that's it. A, I get that's it. A, that's a sentence that I'm not sure I expected to hear, but yeah. I, I mean, but it's the saying. reality. That's where we are. He's their best pitcher. Um, We're also just talking about the Blue Jays. Here, right, no, I hear you. I hear you. I look I, offensively, and that ball is really flying out of that stadium, yeah. as we saw. You know, quite a few homers I'm, um, in the games the last few days. I'm, I'm with you. It's just that you know, some of us like the team, so there's, there's yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. some of us. Are, anyway, some of us are in, living in reality. As well. La- last one. Uh, another baseball bet. Um, the, you see what the Padres are doing right now? They hung like 20 on the Cubs last night, right? It's... Yeah, they're 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 pretty good right now. Um, the over under in that game uh, today against the Cubs is ten and a half. Uh, give me over and add it with the Padres money line. The Padres um, have won six of seven, uh, or excuse me, six of their last seven wins. They've won seven of ten. Six of the last seven wins have been by at least three runs. Um, they've got Joe Musgrove on the mound today. He's he's very good. I'm not sure if you've heard. And the Cubs are a, a, a trash fire right now. They've lost nine straight. Um, you can get plus one sixty six if you bet the Padres money line and over ten and a half runs in the game. I, I regret uh, to inform you the numbers bumped up to eleven. Well, that must have just happened in the last yeah. like twenty minutes. Regret, so, regret, to, in, just regret to inform you. I mean, I, it just happened. Um, but regardless, I, I still like that. I, I, I like a lot of runs to be scored in the Padres. I guess here would be my question, right? If you're betting the over, why not bet the Padres to cover the one and a half? We're talking about the difference in one run at this point. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's that's the way you could you could do it as well. I was just looking for a you know a simple little uh, same game uh, to to get you into the plus tax category. But obviously you're going to be you're going to be in that category anyway if you bet them minus the one and a half as well. So. Um, if you right now if you combine over eleven and the minus one and a half, you get plus two thirty one. Uh, yeah, that's even that. even better. So even you, better than the one sixty six, obviously that you, I had written down. If so. you take out the uh, if you just bet the, um, the the number now, it's plus one eighty nine on over 11, which is minus 110 now, and the minus 174 on them on the money line. So, yeah, there's yeah, it was Yeah, it was 115 at 10, so that's what yeah. I have written. I literally just checked it 20 minutes ago. No, so I, the, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I assure you I'm not mad Oh, no, no, I know. So, yeah, the lines be moving when you're betting. All right, Andrew Stecka. Uh, we will see how it ends. So what what uh, Andrew Stecka says he likes is the Padres uh, over eleven and win on the money line and the idea of two guys. That's what he says he likes for this week. Yeah, so get your bets. Glenn, in. before I go, what did you what did what was that ticket you had on the Lightning? By the way, uh, it was them to win the Stanley Cup, but I, I smartly hedged that bet. Oh, did you? Yes, okay. I assure you, I knew what I was doing going in these here Stanley Cup finals. I said, right. I'm not putting all of my – look, I watched the Avalanche too, bro. <laughs> like, I right. – although there was a moment last night when the, the Lightning scored back-to-back goals where I was like, oh, piss. <laughs> I kid – well, I'll tell you what, I kid you not. I so, so the reason I bring it up is because I looked at that number this morning. It, the Lightning are still – you can get plus 230 right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just for the value, I kind of do like that. Um, but it's know. funny. I, I I was watching the game last night and had to had to run the trash out. I took the trash to the curb, and by the time I came back, the Lightning had tied the game. Yeah, like it was obviously that quick. Yep. And uh, and so like that's that's a team that I would not count them out even after losing game one. I just, uh, just letting you know, I got the ticket at uh, eleven to one is when I got eleven to one. Eleven yeah, to one before the yeah, it was a really good number on the back to back Stanley Cup champions. 
But the fact that you can still now get them even after losing game one at, at better than two to one odds. I hear you. I just the the abs are the abs are so loaded, man. They're so they have so much, and I get it outside of goalie. Like that's the one issue that they have, but God, they're just yeah, so low. That, that is that is a factor. Yeah, and and look, it definitely helps Tampa. They got Braden Point back. That was very clear. But oh, I don't know. I still I still don't think I see it. All right, at uh, Astek on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. It's, all right. Cheers. See you, buddy. Andrew Stecka with his stats and figures here on Weekend at Bookies. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about Game 6 and dive into some of the uh, baseball lines for today. Our friend Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports will join us next. This is Weekend at Bookies. Hey, Birdland families, this Father's Day, join the O's in celebrating Dad at the Yard as they take on the Tampa Bay Rays Sunday, June 19th at 1.35. Go above and beyond by treating Dad to a fun-filled day with the entire family. Make sure to get to the ballpark early because the first 10,000 fans ages 15 and over will receive an Orioles golf visor. Dad's Day done right this year with the O's. Don't wait until the last minute when planning Father's Day. Secure your tickets now at Orioles.com tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at mnt bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at baltimoreravens.com That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox 
Box Sports, or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, we continue here on Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And we welcome back to the program our friend from Alloy Sports. He's our buddy, Mr. Brad Cronthal. He's with us now here on Weekend at Bookies. Brad, what's going on, pal? How are you? Doing well, Glenn. Glad to be back on. Great game tonight in the NBA. Might be the end of it. We'll see. Happy to be back with you. How's everything with you? Everything is good, man. Tell me about the backs against the wall strategy. Yeah, so this is a strategy. We wanted to come back to it. We ran it about a month ago, and we're touching back on it for this week. And it's, you know, putting in a few stats that we think lead to winning with a few filters. So what went into it, we're teamed with, uh, we, we added a couple stats. They were rebounds per game and steals per game. Uh, we're looking at the team with the better optics there, and we wanted to see teams coming off a loss. So when looking at this strategy, you know, the Warriors fit it. So obviously they don't fit for tonight because they're not coming off a loss. Correct. So something that's interesting with us is the potential to fade a strategy. You know, we give you that option. So when we fade it, you know, the Celtics pop up, and they pop up in a profitable spread bucket. So when the, war- when the Celtics pop up, there's a 6% ROI for teams that we like to call slight favorites. So when they fall in the spread range of minus five to zero, Celtics were at minus three and a half last I saw, and they've won 54% of games. It's all a way to contrive the data uh, to see what you want to bet on and how it works best for you. So it's really interesting finding a strategy that fits and then maybe looking at the inverse or, or, or fading it and seeing how that does. So this is interesting because the Celtics obviously were coming off a loss in the last game. How did this work out in game five? Yeah, so game five, it, it obviously liked the Warriors, and, and the Warriors were actually favored. So it all depends where you are as a team and where you're looking at on the spread. Because the Warriors are on the road now, you find them at, at underdogs being plus three and a half, plus four, depending on the book. They're looking at Fandle, obviously. Yeah. So it actually would not have been favorable to bet the Celtics in that one. Really, it all depends. The way we break it down is we break it down into different buckets. Instead of just saying, here's every single game that's happened with this strategy, we break it down for the most action, the most winnings into to four spread buckets being the slight, the heavy favorites, slight favorites, slight underdogs, heavy underdogs, and, and getting better data uh, from those different buckets as opposed to just showing it all at once. So the last game, just because we faded it, we actually liked the Warriors, but they weren't coming off loss either. So, you know, it's very interesting. Um, but the Celtics, we wouldn't have liked that one. And the Warriors, even if they came off a loss for this one, they would have been an underdog. And the underdog's not profitable in, in this week's, uh, in this game strategy. So, so again, for the dumb guys in the audience, me, I'm the captain of that team, you, the strategy works for the Celtics tonight. If you want to fade it. So it actually does. So, so tonight it, it works out where the Celtics are a team that comes into the game with lower rebounds and steals per game. Okay. And they are coming off a loss. And it just so happens that when they're in the spread range of minus five to zero, that they're winning, teams are winning with these characteristics at a 54% rate, a 6% return on investment. So the, the total record this year um, of teams in that spread range is 74, 59, and 4. 
Okay. I mean, that's, so it's not overwhelming, but there is a return on investment there and, and probably makes it worthy of the invest. Boy, this is tough, man. This is the problem that I have. And, and, but, but Alloy Sports is amazing. But my God, it's my head spins sometimes. You give me all this information, right? Like, sometimes it I'm does. like, I'm like, I can't handle all of this. It does. And at the end of the day, it's all about what you're comfortable on. I mean, it's funny. Like, this strategy was built in mind looking at the better team. And just because you fade it, there is a profit, pro- profitable bucket there where it makes sense. Now, for us, we really feel good when you're in that 10% or higher return on investment range. That's where we feel really good about okay. the bet. Okay. You know, but these give you the options as a better. Hey, do I like the Celtics? Well, they are profitable here. Maybe you run a few more numbers with it um and go from there but this gives you that starting point as to hey there is an option here where you know my strategy when i stated it it works in this case for the self are there any are there any other strategies that have jumped out at you as being profitable during the course of the finals yeah absolutely so we actually have a a bunch of different strategies i want to say 18 that we've been pushing out regularly and, and i'd be uh remiss if i didn't tell you that a lot of them like the warriors so one thing coming into each series is interesting you know when it tells you the team to bet in that first game it's usually kind of a tell like who do you like in that series if you do series betting so a lot of these strategies favor the warriors um but in this specific game they don't like them because of their stance being an underdog um and it's not necessarily only on the warriors but basically the data when it comes to the stats first you know rebounds and steals in this case you know when you're the better team at rebounds and steals and you're a, a slight underdog, most teams are not profitable betting on in that slight underdog spread range. Okay. So for this game in spe- specifically, you know, a lot of the strategies favor the Warriors, but it's not in a profitable uh, situation. Phew. All right. All right. So, man, man, I, I don't know what to do now, Brad. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh, man. I have to make a decision on my own. Uh, all right, let's take a look. Brad Cronthal is with us from Alloy Sports. Let's take a look at uh, the baseball lines. What's jumping out at you for today's uh, a, a slate of baseball games? Yeah, there's two games that I, I like in particular. Let's start with uh, the Padres and Cubs. Yeah. A ton of runs scored last night. San Diego has been crushing the ball. I like the under on the total. Ooh. I like the under 10.5 at minus 105. Mainly because I really just love Joe Musgrove. Uh, I just see him going out there this at, today and shutting down the Cubs. And you look at Swarmer, the pitcher for the Cubs. His first two starts, he gave up two earned runs in 12 innings. And his last start, he faced the Yankees, and they're the Yankees. So I, I think there's a combination there where Musgrove has a really good start, and Swarmer just does his thing, you know, does enough to, to keep that total under 11. Wow, that what was the number last night? Like twenty five. Um, you you and Andrew Steck are on opposite sides of this one. He just tried to get me to bet the over. This does also play back to remember my uh, my getaway day thing. It is not for the Cubs. The Cubs stay at home, but the Padres have to head to Denver. And while Chicago to Denver is not the same as like going from Philly to San Diego, it's still like a real flight. There's still this still does qualify in my getaway day thing, where you just wonder at some point. Like, hey, we've got the game in hand. You know, if it's a if it's a seven two baseball game at some point, maybe guys aren't up there necessarily putting together their bet. They're not looking for a big inning at that point because they're ready to get on a plane and get out of town. Absolutely, I think that I was on board with you the last time we chatted a couple weeks ago, and uh, and I don't think that one hit. So we got to oh. get back on All the right. track. Well, now I'm worried about um, it. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks for that. 
we got to get back on track, Glenn. It's called if you're winning, then you're hot. If you that's lose, true. It's called regression. That's theory, right. So. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, what what else? What else are you looking at? I'm looking at Angels and Mariners, which I think is is the best matchup of the day. Shohei versus George Kirby, the young stud for the Mariners. I like Kirby's strikeout total. I'm looking at the over five and a half strikeout. Angels strike out the most. Uh, tied for the most in baseball with 604 this season. Kirby's really good at home with his strikeout ranges. He's got 20 Ks and 16 inning, innings pitched. I like Kirby's strikeout total. I kind of like the Mariners too today, mm. but I, I'm, I'm just more sold on, on Kirby going longer in this game and striking out you know, at least six angels in this game. Sho- and they've struggled a lot recently. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Shohei Otani has not been his most dominant on the mound of late, correct? No, he hasn't, and and neither have the Angels of winning, you know, barely any games recently. New manager and yeah, still awful. So, right. um, yeah, that that kind of this seems like the year for the Angels, where finally they're putting it together. Oh, yeah. Trout's going to make them playoffs again, mm. and then just like a snap of a finger, they lose half a month in a row, and you know they're in trouble. Uh, yeah, but they did not get no hit last night, so they got that going for them, which is nice. They decidedly did not get no hit. As they came up with one in the uh, late in the game. Um, all right, give me uh, give me any, anything else in the baseball slate that you like. I'm looking at the O's today. I, I haven't bet it. I, I the last time I put money on Kevin Gosman, uh, he really did me dirty, and, and he got. He, I just thought he'd get blown up, and he crushed the Red Sox. Uh, he had bad numbers at Fenway, so today he hosts the Orioles. Oh, it's so hard. I like the Orioles on the spread today. I'm just going to say it. Plus 1.5. Maybe it's a little homer. I just think they're hitting the ball well in Toronto. I think, you know, really tough loss last night going into extra innings. I I think they might keep this one close. I'm not going to – it's more of a fan in me saying that, but I I like – I think they're going to keep it close, potentially win today. I just think Gosman might get – hit a little bit you you and our buddy Andrew definitely, Stan- not, definitely not a lock Glenn definitely yeah not a clear well I mean how could it possibly but what's more what, what you don't know is that you and our buddy Andrew Steck are very much on opposing sides of things today we might have to figure out a way to get you guys in a steel cage at some point in order to to, to handle your differences because you're very much on the opposite side of things all right um give everybody an update tell me about what they need to know about alloy sports if they're not familiar what is it that alloy sports is doing to make them better betters yeah, absolutely. We let you come on to Alloy, build your own winning sports betting strategy really rapidly. 30 seconds or less, pick stats that you think are important to winning. You know, we're currently building out our football app this summer, so we're really gearing up for the NFL in the fall. But come on to Alloy now while the NBA is still in play and, and get your winning strategy for tonight. Could be the last game of the NBA final, so you definitely want it. You know, when you bet it, you definitely want to have a good, better chance at winning. So yep, come yeah. to AlloySports.com, and, and we let you do that. We'll show you all the numbers in real time. He is Brad Cronthal. Remind me uh, where it is on Twitter, both Alloy and yourself. Yep, so you can follow us at Alloy Sports, and you can follow me at B underscore Cronthal. Hey, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again in two weeks, all right? Looking forward to it, Glenn. That's Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports joining us here on Weekend at Bookies, getting you ready for the weekend in sports betting. Just want to update some odds from the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you are headed down to Live Casino in Hotel Maryland this weekend, maybe you're going down for Dave Chappelle. You want to jump over, 
and get a couple of bets in. Of course, the odds constantly changing for the U.S. Open with Rory McIlroy currently tied for the lead. He still has a couple holes to play. Um, I believe somebody is in the clubhouse. Callum Terran is in the clubhouse at three under. McIlroy tied at three under. He has now become a significant favorite to win the U.S. Open plus 380 with Justin Thomas at 12 to 1 and John Rahm at 16 to 1. So is Scotty Scheffler behind him. But Rory McIlroy, thanks to a strong round today, has become a significant favorite to win the U.S. Open in the FanDuel Sportsbook. As Andrew Stecka mentioned, after Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final last night, now in the series, Lightning plus 230, Avalanche minus 270. What was interesting to me, despite the fact that he scored the game-winning goal last night, not really much of movement as far as MVP odds. Andre Burakovsky still sitting all the way down at 300 to 1 to win Stanley Cup, the Con Smythe, the Stanley Cup final MVP. Now, what I get is that it's not likely for him to score overtime game winners in four separate wins. And that's basically his only path to being the Con Smythe winner. But, you know, just, just, worth, just worth at least noting that that's a number that is out there and available. Um, and as I mentioned during Weekend at Bookies, going into Game 6 tonight, the Warriors minus 400 to win the series. If you like the Celtics, 3-1 to one for them to win the next two games and claim the title. And I'm telling you, if you do, think about the MVP odds because Tatum at 4-1 to one does not make sense to me. Brown at 18-1, to one, Smart at 110-1, to one, far more enticing as far as Celtics bets, if you think they can come back and win Game 6 and Game 7, I don't get that number. I keep saying I know it would have to involve the thought being if the Celtics are going to win both games, Jason Tatum has to play better. Fine. I hear you. But they won two games without that. And that does seem relevant to me. And there's a narrative that they're in this position down 3-2 in part because Jason Tatum hasn't played well I just don't think that those numbers should look like that. I don't know exactly what they should be, but I don't think they should be that far separated from each other. I don't think Jason Tatum should be 4-1 to one, while Jalen Brown is 18-1 to one and Marcus Smart is 110-1. to one. So I at least would think about dipping my toes in those waters as far as MVP is concerned. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Brad Cronthal. You know, I've been meaning, we used to do a segment at the end of the show with Paul. It was called Paul's Preposterous Prop. Next time we do Weekend at Bookies, we're going to come up with something for you, Griffin. Okay. You're going to put out, we're going to put together some sort of crazy parlay or something like that. Okay. We're going to figure okay, yeah. out something. I'll, just, I'll pick every single MLB game. and I don't know if that. That'll hit. Yeah. I don't know no, if we're going to do that. It I don't will. know if we're going to do that. I want it to be like like three legs that, that maybe have nothing to do each, with each okay. other. We're going to figure out a way. We'll work on that. Right. Griffin's Gratuitous Grouping. Look at what I just look at what I just did there. That's perfect. Look at look at God. Not <laughs> saying that I'm God. You know what I mean though. Griffin's gratuitous grouping. Um, we're gonna have you put together a parlay. Three leg parlay each week. Random three leg parlay. And see if we can't get one of them to play to pan out. All right. All right. If we get like ten in and none of them have hit. I think I'm gonna probably hit the first ten. No, stop, me. stop, settle. 
settle. We'll see how it goes. All right, thanks to Brad Cronenthal. Thanks also to Andrew Stecka. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday for Simply the Bets. That'll be the next show. And again, if you are headed out to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland for Game 6 tonight or Game 7, should there be a Game 7 on Sunday, make sure you email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to reserve your spot. Uh, I'm uh, Glenn for Griffin and for Carson. This has been Weekend at Bookies. May the odds be ever in your favor.